Hey, Star Wars fans and Rule of the Galaxy fans. It is a special episode of Rule of the Galaxy podcast, and I'm actually trying to kind of come up with a name for these because I think this is like our sixth time doing it. I, I was thinking like gaming around the galaxy or something with Jake. Oh, man, that's not so cheesy. That's, a, that's not that's not worthy of the audience. The audience is going to be like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. What's the matter with you? Gaming around the galaxy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, God. like galaxy gamers. No, but oh, um... God, that's even worse. <laughs> <It's> horrible. <laughs> But we've got uh, we've got Jake James Lugo on here, and uh, you know there was there's some gaming news today and everything that came out, yeah. a little bit of uh, some some trailer action that came out, some hype build up. Mm-hmm. So why don't you uh, reintroduce yourself if this is the first time someone's listening to you and uh, talk about what you do and uh, what you've been up to lately? Sure, yeah. For anybody who doesn't already know, if you haven't been listening to Rule the Galaxy, shame on you. Number one. <laughs> Number two, my name is Jake James Lugo. I'm a writer slash content creator slash podcaster host. I do a lot of different content online, both on places like YouTube, on TikTok, on various social media. I write for various gaming outlets and freelance for different places. I talk about games a lot. I love video games. It's one of my favorite things to discuss, you know, talking about game reviews, let's plays, opinion pieces that I've written. I have over 13 years experience publishing content online in various places. Some of your favorite websites too, talking about video games. But I also happen to really love Star Wars as well. Star Wars is like my second like thing right next to video games as far as fandom. It's like, there's a couple of different fandoms that I'm a, a big, like, you know, that are a big part of my life, gaming, Star Wars, Batman, and everything else like afterwards. But I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars games. I love talking about Star Wars games and just everything in general. I just have a fun time with it. I love being part of the greater conversations of games and I just have a ball with it. And I love coming on here to, to rule the galaxy to come chat. Yeah. I love it. Yo, speaking of Batman, have you seen some of those McFarlane figures that oh, they're coming yeah. out with? My Dude, man McFarlane came through. And let me tell you something. Like I was a little nitpicky because I saw the the Keen. It's either the Burn or the Keen Batmobile for some people. We're going to call it the Keen Batmobile just for mm-hmm. argument's sake. But that Keen Batmobile looks gorgeous. But I am not a fan of those colored, like gold colored bat signals on the side because I'm a traditionalist. I mm-hmm. like the original 89 model that has the silver on there because I think it looks sleek. It looks good. There's no thing. There's no too much of anything except for like the headlights. But again, those are headlights. They're supposed to be like that. The little accents here feels like they just wanted a variation that they could resell from McFarlane or from DC Toys or whatever. Yeah, I, I agree. I did see that gold on there too and did did like kind of notice the difference. You know what's weird is the um mm-hmm. the Christian Bale figure they're coming out with uh, for that one. That one looks really good. The yeah. Keaton one looks excellent. Like looks great. I think, the new Keaton suit one yeah. for the Flash. Yeah, that looks awesome. What's weird is the the uh, Ben Affleck one. It almost looks like they weren't allowed to use Ben Affleck's face because the mold on the face for that one it kind of doesn't look like him a little bit. Mm-hmm. The suit totally looks like him, 
but uh i've seen their their older bat fleck uh as as some people call it i've seen their older models of him and definitely i don't know i wonder if there was some kind of weird copywriting or something involved there i don't know that that could yeah. always be a thing i mean it could be the sculpt you know because mm -hmm. some of the earlier michael keen stuff unless we got more to this time frame what didn't always look like keen when it came to the batman stuff but now obviously we got better like you know companies and better artists working on and stuff but it could be any number of reasons the key thing though is is that this is a michael keen batman movie the, the reason why a lot of people myself included are seeing the flash is because michael keen is coming back as batman and they got the 89 model batmobile the keen batmobile and they got the 89 batwing you know, that's pretty much like the bad jet from that original Batman 89 movie, which looks a little different. We'll give it we'll give it some credit for having a little variation on the design. It's a little more practical and stuff. But I mean, come yeah. on, like you saw that if, it, if you saw that trailer and you saw Michael Keaton in there, they even got the jingle for the, the Danny Elfman music. Like, I'm in. That's it. I'm in. Like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta watch this. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I think it is. I think it is going to be good. I think the flash is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's pretty much like, um, to me, it gives me vibes of, um, Spider-Man no way home, how they're going to yeah. be throwing it back to some of these things that made the franchise so great, basically. Yeah. I mean, cause look, they got Affleck coming back as Batman. They got Keen coming back as Batman, which is the big story of this mm -hmm. entire movie like that. Obviously Ezra Miller's a part of it and his whole controversy aside and stuff, this still is a flash movie per se, but I think like with everything that's happened up to this point, it's become more about everything else other than the flash. That's the mm -hmm. unfortunate truth. And it's not just the Ezra Miller stuff. I think that, you know, people have wanted a Flash movie for so long and with everything changing up with the DCU or the DCEU, this point going for whatever James Gunn's going to do, I think a lot of people have checked out and this is just like a hodgepodge of just getting people to come see this movie at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I'm, I plan to uh, see it. And honestly, I a lot of these DC movies, I wasn't really rushing to the theater to see all of them mm -hmm. just because, I don't know, I just... You know what my problem was is I bought into yeah. the hype of some, uh, you know, bad reviews when it comes to that stuff, which I just yeah. need to see that stuff for myself. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it's exciting that Ben Affleck's coming back because I feel like he I feel like he almost got like a Star Wars prequel treatment where like yeah, he people didn't like it at first. Yeah. And yeah. then like he, people are fans of, of him. He's not Batman. a bad Batman, though. That's the thing. He's not a bad actor to be Batman. Like, uh, number one, it's Ben Affleck. He's an Academy Award winning actor and director. He's got his flowers. He's a heavyweight when it yeah. comes to acting in movies. The thing is, is that the scripts he were given or he was given and also keep in mind, he was supposed to do his own Batman movie that just did not get made. That completely like everything going on with Warner Brothers completely was in chaos and that got dropped. So I yeah. feel bad for him because he never truly, even with Batman v Superman, even with Justice League, it wasn't even technically the Justice League movie he made because of everything that happened behind the scenes until we got Zack Snyder's Justice League, that whole recut of that film. Yeah. So this is like his last outing as Batman, which kind of sucks because he's only in it for a short time. He was open about it too. I don't know if you saw that interview that he did recently. I think it was with Variety or Hollywood Reporter where he said, I'm in it for like five minutes. It's like, at least yeah. if we get good Affleck Batman for five minutes, it's good five minutes for him to go out on. You know what I mean? So yeah. the garbage he had before. Yeah, I love the honesty with stuff like that. Like, I, I read a clip of him saying that he took his shot, some of his shots for um for the Snyder cut and Zack Snyder's like backyard or something. He said yeah. they were filming. Yeah, that's like real. That, that it was his and a couple others that, that did that like other extra stuff they did with like, uh, what was it? At this point, everybody's probably seen it at this point, but like with the Joker and all the stuff when they're talking, that was yeah. all in Zack Snyder's backyard, which is yeah. cool because they put in the effort and the time to go do that. 
Yeah, I love that kind of stuff because that shows that they're passionate about giving you, you know, it's important to them, basically. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, all right, we're hitting some DC stuff. I'm I'm going to jump on this early now since we're in other universes other than Star Wars, um, mm. Marvel stuff. Yeah. Uh, you saw Ant-Man. I have not yes, seen it yet. I, I know it. Joe, our host, uh, did it. And yeah, you reviewed it. You, did, you reviewed it for Clownfish. Uh, yes, Clownfish. I wrote a, a full review for Clownfish TV. I've done a couple movie reviews now as of late. I've done a lot over the last couple of weeks because in the same like span of a couple of weeks that I did uh, Ant-Man 3 or Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, I also did Shazam Fury of the Gods. I also did Scream 6. I've done a lot. And then coming up this week at the time we're recording this, I'm going to be doing John Wick 4 which is like right around the corner. But yeah, I did it, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And while I think there's good aspects to the film, and I think there's good things in there, Jonathan Majors probably being the best aspect of it because that's his first outing as Kang the Conqueror. But I still think he gets kind of gypped in this movie a little bit because mm-hmm. of the script and a lot of other things. The The movie's just not a necessary viewing. I feel like it's, it's yeah. not the big opening we wanted for phase five because this is the first phase five movie after Wakanda Forever, which was the end of phase four. And while that went off on whatever note that it did, this one was really, people were hoping like this was going to be the the banger. This was going to like start connecting the dots for this multiverse saga. And I really didn't feel that way. I mean, we'd see some multiverse stuff, obviously, but it really wasn't a movie mm-hmm. that I felt like really was like the big banger that we needed. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like... <clears throat> I mean, the, the, I know that she's a high up and I've seen her name before. Victoria Alonso just left uh, Marvel, yep. which like I'm pretty Big sure. News. Yeah, I, I think she was. Um, I, I've read things of her being like Feige's like right hand, uh, you know, right hand. She woman, was there since the first say. Iron Man. That's the thing. She's she's OG when it comes to the MCU, when it comes to being mm-hmm. like the people behind the scenes and stuff. So she's been there for a hot minute. The thing is, though, there, there's all these like like you know conflicting stories all over the place about whether she was mean to some of the vfx people she was a pain in the butt to work with and all these other things i think there's a combination of different like you know rumors and facts that are like really the truth in the middle right here i think also keeping in mind the way that ant-man did and performed in the box office i think has a lot to do with it too but a lot of this stuff gets figured out well in advance before the public really figures it out or the trades write about it so but i still do think like some of that did factor in yeah and i'm sure like maybe after she's gone maybe we might hear some things leak out as well well that's gonna happen uh, hands uh, down somebody's gonna talk like that stuff doesn't stay a secret forever and and with all the big changes happening with marvel and really disney i don't think it's just marvel i think it's disney you know Mm -hmm. with all the other crazy stuff that's happened since the beginning of this year which was really the fallout from the end of last year like that i think we're gonna get even more like there's some crazy things going on and the fact we're getting less marvel projects you know, or at least things are getting spread out and delayed and such. I think there's a lot happening. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I follow, I follow the the news of Disney as a whole closely, just because it, it, it has that trickle down effect on Marvel. It has it on star Wars, like yeah. all those future projects. I mean, Willow, they just cut that show. Oh yeah. Willow season. was horrible. I reviewed Willow. Will, yeah. and I wanted to like Willow because I'm not a big fan of the original movie, but I understand it's charm and it's appeal to that generation, the nostalgia of it. And it's like, okay, here's another thing that maybe they could work with like that. But it just wasn't interesting. It just wasn't fun to watch. Like the, the problem is with some of these projects and especially Willow, there comes a point where the writing, somewhere in the writer's room or a group of people in the writer's room, they start putting down things that are like being patronizing to the audience that are talking down to the audience or kind of beating you over the head with something. And it's mm-hmm. like, look, 
we're down with whatever story you want to tell us, but at least tell us a story we can enjoy and get behind, or at least be insightful with us. Don't try to preach the people. And I felt like Willow was one of those projects that was like that. She-Hulk was like that, especially towards yeah. the end, which a lot of, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I get like some of the conversations around it, but at the end of the day, a lot of people that buy into Disney plus and buy into Disney or Marvel or whatever else they're buying in for great stories that they want to enjoy. They don't want to get like the frustration of watching these things and then just come out like all upset because whatever happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can see that. And it's like, yeah, it's like, uh, I don't even know that it needs to be less is more. Sometimes I just think that the writing of stuff just needs to be good pretty be much. Better. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like there's, I mean, there's things. It's like I, I've, I've been pretty outspoken on this show about how I felt about the Kenobi series. I thought it could. That's have been another better. one. That that yeah. that's one that's that was a layup. Like, let's be. Uh, there was no. I think we talked about it even on the show before. Like, we were all hyped for this show. Yep. And it's like the product we got. Yep. With that, outside of it being focused on one character, that really it shouldn't have been focused on the quality of how that show was filmed and shot and just like put together the thing was slapping with the stormtrooper helmets like that, that would never happen in a John Favreau or a Dave Filoni joint. Like, to be honest with you, like, I understand they're all saying like, everybody's working together. We, they, everybody oversees stuff, but let, let's be real here. Like, come on. Like th there's little things like that, that I feel like really there needs to be a little bit more scrutinizing when it comes to like giving like the, the, the look over of quality for some of these projects. And that's a prime example of that. Yep. Yeah. And that's why it's like, I, I almost feel bad because it's like, I think, you know, when, whenever it even, and this is just me, in my opinion, when it comes to Ant-Man, I always thought Ant-Man was a fun addition when he was moved in with the OG Avengers squad. Yeah, me like, too. I agree. I enjoyed the, I enjoyed his movies. You know what I mean? And I thought mm -hmm. he was a fun character. But now, like, I almost feel like they're putting Ant-Man at, like, because Ant-Man made its money. I'm not, I, it's not like it was a flop, I don't think, but I think they wanted it to make I don't think money. it was a great hit, though. Like, the thing yeah. is, you know what they're doing is because of what happened with Phase 4. Again, Phase 4 is the fallout of everything that happened after Endgame, because obviously Endgame was the big, like, gigantic splash that was like the big like ending to 10 years of marvel films which is awesome it was amazing but after that yeah. where do you go who are the heroes that now you're going to big up who's going to be the ogs now that are going to bring in the new generation because now you don't have captain america yep. you don't have iron man you technically don't have uh black widow you technically don't have Thor, at least what we knew as Thor. We got, we got a new Thor right now, which a lot of people are not feeling. You don't have the Hulk at this point because yeah. there's a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff going on with the Hulk. I mean, who do you got left? I mean, you got Falcon, who's now become Captain America, which comes with its own set of problems. Like, I like Sam Wilson as Captain America. I think that while I would have given the shield to Bucky, I understand why Sam got it. And I was down with that because it was coming from Cap at the end of Endgame. But, mm -hmm. like... Look at what happened with Falcon and the Winter Soldier with that whole show. Like a lot of people really weren't feeling that as much as it was fun in some cases. A lot of people also weren't feeling what happened with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. What happened to Wanda, you know, and, and the way that that film turned out, which was yeah. really, you know, uh, 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 wasn't really a Marvel film. It was more, I forgot the director's name. Oh my God, I should know this. Um, uh, Made Evil Dead. Sam Raimi. It was a Sam Raimi film. Yeah, Sam Raimi. It was a Sam Raimi film, and a lot of people just weren't feeling that. She-Hulk, forget it. Like that should have been that should have been their version of Deadpool before getting Deadpool back. 
It's like yeah. a lot of things where I feel like going into this phase where a lot of people are just not feeling a lot of the new heroes they're trying to big up or trying to present there. And there's that whole disconnect, not just with the bigger storytelling, but also just the idea of like, I'm putting all this time and energy as a fan. And I'm feeling like I'm getting a lot of disappointment or things that are just not doing it for me. Like the pre, like the first, like three up to four phases. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, stuff feels like they're putting it out just to say they are. And it's like, you know, there should be excitement to think, man, I'm going to see this guy probably in theaters or this character in the theaters at one point. And it's like, I don't know, some of the shows just sometimes feel like they're just doing it just to do it. Like now in their in all fairness, though, we should say is that they still get a lot of hype when a new Marvel project comes out. Because granted, Ant-Man's not going to do Endgame numbers. It's not going to do Captain America numbers. It's not going to do Iron Man numbers, but you're still more than likely going to get a lot of people in the seat to go check it out because it's part of the MCU. You can say the same thing about a lot of the Disney Plus projects and all these series and stuff, even the one-offs, the one-shots, you know, the whole uh, Werewolf by Night and everything else like that. People were still excited about that. And that's the that's the one thing that you could say about the MCU now with all the stuff that we criticize with it, that it still has that Star Wars doesn't really have technically right now, or at least it's in danger of like being like, you know, looked at differently. And you can say the same thing about DC that DC doesn't have like whatsoever at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why DC, DC made those changes. And there's no doubt that um, there's no doubt that Disney and Lucasfilm and Marvel saw what happened with DC and they probably want to get ahead of the curve if they ever feel like they're going down that road. So maybe, maybe that's a sign of something with Alonzo leaving. Maybe it is because of those VFX things. Cause we've been seeing those rumors for how long now? Yeah, Years. that's been a that, while. Like that, bull bullying yeah. up because again, between Wakanda Forever, between what happened with Ant Man, between what happened with Multiverse of Madness, I heard about it a little bit, and then also the business stuff behind the scenes. That was the other thing too. Is like you know they're overworking them, so that's why the quality mm-hmm. is dipping down a little bit. That's really a big deal for a lot of people, and I think that's only going to grow, you know, over time. I, until now, with all this stuff like changing up, so I think maybe her going and whoever they bring in might really make things a little bit better. At least here's hoping, fingers crossed. And also the yeah. delaying of some of the projects. Remember, they'd spread out a lot of their scheduling compared to what they originally had. Yep, yep. And that's like, that's one thing that as a Star Wars fan, you're always able to look at Marvel and be like, see, look at what they're doing. Why can't we do that? Why can't we figure this out? Right? That continuity, but- uh, why, why can't we get projects done? Uh, yeah. That's a start. <laughs> like, seriously. Yes. Exactly. I mean, the, the shows, the shows go, but the, you know, the movies, the movies, I mean, they just- the rumors start and then they just fade into darkness. Well, you basically. know, with, with Lucasfilm, I'm pretty sure you're probably going to bring this up too, but the whole thing going on with the Acolyte, the whole uh, suing, the, the person that was going to work on it or worked on it for a brief bit and now doing a, a lawsuit. I think stuff like that, that they Lucasfilm does not need that right now. <laughs> you know, granted with everything that's happened up to this point. And then now going into Star Wars celebration soon, like that, that is stuff they do not need. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. It's like, I mean, there was rumors that a, a movie would be announced at Celebration this year. I do. Yeah, it's probably not gonna be Taika's. Think... Yeah, I thought I thought it was gonna be the official unveiling of Taika Waititi's movie. That's what I thought it was gonna be more than likely. Because yeah. I know, again, we're not getting Rose Squadron. I, we could say at this point, Rose Squadron is done. That that that's movie's never dead. getting made. That's done. Uh, the the Old Republic movie that's been like rumored around for a while. That's the other one that people kept mentioning and stuff. Mm-hmm. But again, like. There, I wrote about it on Clownfish where there's like when all those cancellations happens. Oh, the Kevin Feige movie. That was the other one that got dropped. And it's like, yeah. Kevin, how can you how can you not want to work with the best producer in Hollywood right now over I the know. last like <laughs> decade? <laughs> like that's the man right there. And you can't figure out how, a way to work with that guy or at least get something out 
with him. Now, granted, he's still doing stuff with the MCU. He's probably got a lot on his plate right now. He's got a lot of problems to deal with. But if I'm over at Lucasfilm and I'm making the, the, the calls and stuff, why would I let that die? You know, unless like that thing has been like, you know, meandering for like the longest time, which is probably the case with a lot of these things. Yep. Yeah. I, I just feel like uh, they they ha- they come up as an idea. You hear some rumors, then you start to hear there's problems. And then maybe like a year later, you hear it's dead. So, well, I think they announced things way too early. That that That's a Kathleen Kennedy problem, it seems like. And because I think at one point it was like maybe a month or two ago where some story came out, it was like, listen, Disney, or I think it's the higher ups at Disney above her. We're like, listen, stop announcing projects. Stop talking yes. about stuff unless you're <laughs> actually going to do it. You know, and I think that was definitely related to a lot of this stuff, especially with Kevin Feige's film, especially with uh, Patty Jenkins's Rogue Squadron film. That's heartbreaking too, because they did a whole campaign for that. She was, she did that whole ad basically yep. at Star Wars Celebration. It's like, how that that's a massive L to take. Yeah, That's a big one. <laughs> yeah, you you talk to any Star Wars fan about everyone saw that Rogue Squadron, you know, hype. Uh, you know, I'll call it like a little hype trailer, basically. Hype machine, because, yeah. Because it's like, oh wow, this is happening. I mean, she got in the freaking X wing and took off, and, and you're just she like, she was All on right. camera. <laughs> you yeah. know, Caddy, what is it? Kathleen Kennedy was like, yeah, this is happening. So it's like, yep. if you can't even take at face value the word of the head of Lucasfilm. The person who's the, where the book stops with them, you know, where movies are happening. They, she says movies are happening. And now like sometime afterwards, they're not like, can you really take a lot of their word at good, in good faith? Like yeah. that, that's a big problem. That's a big problem for Lucasfilm right now that they have to address or at least quell people's fears going into Star Wars celebration by either showing this movie from Taika or at least talking about it. Because I don't think that movie's coming out anytime soon. I, they keep saying like it's over the horizon. I was like, nah, it, it doesn't feel like that because Taika Waititi's busy doing other movies besides yep. this. You know, yeah. if anything, he should be devoting his entire time to Star Wars because it's Star Wars and it'd probably make a huge splash for him. But he's got other stuff he's doing, which sounds like it's more of a short thing than this. And the same thing with whatever that other high, uh, was it Old Republic? you know, movie might've been or whatever mm-hmm. it might, again, it's, it's hard to talk about because you don't fully know what it is. It's, it's always hard too when Taika like gives a quote on working on the Star Wars movie because you can't tell if he's joking around or not because he's- Yeah, he should not dude. talk. Real yeah. talk, like <laughs> he should not say, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's me. Maybe you feel the same way. Maybe the listeners right now feel the same way. What is it with either some of these Hollywood, you know, celebrities, whether they're the behind the camera or in front of the camera, where they just don't know when to stop talking. And yeah. they keep over. I know James Gunn is going through that lately. I think James Gunn has talked way too much as a head of a DC and stuff. There are some points where he just needed to shut the hell up and yeah. not say a damn thing because look, Ben Affleck made him look like a fool just not too long ago. He, he was like, yeah, we we're going to work with Ben Affleck at one point. And he's excited to work. And Ben Affleck was like, no, I'm not. Like you can't be having things like that happen as a head of a studio. And I feel like with Kathleen Kennedy, she has a big problem with that for a while with all these movies getting canceled or getting kind of just like put on the shelf. Yeah. You know, that that's a shame. Yeah. And it's like, and, and there's always been these rumors of creative freedom and everything when it comes to Lucasfilm and what they let the people do or not, which like, I read a thing fairly recently that um at one point Favreau told her like, leave us alone or I'm, or I'm not going to do. I don't know if that's basically. true though. Like, I don't know if a lot of those types of things, cause I've seen similar reports and things shared around on social media or reporting at various outlets, sometimes not always the most credible and stuff, but I, even with some of the more bigger outlets that, that get good scoops and stuff, I don't think I fully believe that because I think that there is, 
like a level of breathing room for projects like these. But I think that one of the bigger problems with Lucasfilm is that they're probably a little bit too tight gripped with a lot of the stuff, you yeah. know, with different things. Cause it, it just seems like, you know, it, it's weird because De- John Favreau and Dave Filoni's stuff more often than not, their stuff works and people like it. And it mm-hmm. is a hit and stuff. Mandalorian being the biggest one like that. And also elements of like clone wars or rebels or whatever else and such. But like all these other projects, again, outside of the the numbered movies, the sequel trilogy and such, a lot of those other things have always had a problem where it felt like there was too many cooks in the kitchen or there was too many things going on that were just allowed to be a certain way that probably was like the worst choice that they could have done. That yeah. Either like certain management or certain things that were changed because upper management wanted it to happen like that. And, and the result was just like not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely agree. And it, like we're we're gonna hit on um we're gonna hit on Mando and a lot of Star Wars stuff uh, soon too. But this is making me now think of something else that you were recently talking about was um gaming movies. Uh, you yeah. just had a um JJ's One Mad Pod where you were talking about um some gaming movies and you know mm-hmm. some of the successes going on with games uh, yeah. being adapted. The Last of Us, the biggest one right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I found that interesting because. I've been seeing that. I, I've been watching that from afar happen, and I'm like, these guys are these guys are making some moves right now. Like Sonic is is so high for kids right now. Like kids mm-hmm. love Sonic, and they're about to love Mario too. Mario's yep. coming out next month, and that's a big deal for especially yeah. for Nintendo. Like they they're really going in as far as like being a part and supporting that movie stuff so, because mm-hmm. it's very different from them. Remember, they got burned bad back in like the late '80s, early '90s, which yep. is with the Mario Brothers movie, and that's understandable. But what, what's there to their benefit now is that we're in an environment where we actually have the technology and we have the minds to be behind these projects to make them good and have reverence for the source material, which is what I was saying in the podcast, because The Last of Us, you have Neil Druckmann behind it, who's working with all those people and people he's worked with on the games. Like it doesn't get any better than that. You've had Sonic, which even though it's not a true adaptation of the Sonic games, it still is the essence of Sonic. And at least it's fun and giving something that's good for the audience that cares about Sonic. In some way, you had Mortal Kombat not too long ago, the new Mortal Kombat, the reboot, which some people criticize that movie and I understand it, but really it's still the essence of that franchise. It's mature. It's not a garbage like PG-13 take on it. You know, yeah. it's much R-rated blood and guts. It's fatalities. It's the whole thing. It's Mortal Kombat yep. like that. And there's others coming down the line, which is good because with all these films, even you could even throw in Uncharted in there. I know a lot of people had issues with Uncharted and I get it, but for what it was, it was still a fun movie to watch. It wasn't a trash like game adaptation. It wasn't. It wasn't Street Fighter the movie. It mm. wasn't Double Dragon. Like that. That's my point. So we have at least you know come to a point now where I think we're gonna start entering that golden era of where we're gonna get these adaptations of like really good video game live action series or movies or animated live action series or movies. That's gonna be dope because we got God of War coming. We got Ghost of Tsushima coming. We got many others that are going to be coming down. There's talk about obviously the Metal Gear Solid movie, which has been talked about for ages. But Oscar Isaac is part of that. Like that's that's a big deal. Like this is this is good. This is good right now. Yeah. No, I agree. And I relate it. I when I when I was hearing you talk about that stuff, I related directly back to Disney. And I actually mentioned to my wife because I have a six year old, and mm-hmm. I said, I said, name one thing Disney's doing that's as big for him as Sonic and Mario and everything is right now. Cause he's, his hype on Mario is out of control. And so is mine. That's the fun part about it. Mm-hmm. His kids can be excited just as much as we can be excited about it. Like just yeah. because we grew up on it, but Mario just has, I don't know. Mario has that 
he's one of those characters that was created that's just an all-time character that is a generational character it doesn't matter how young or old you are you can have fun with it yeah but that uh, that part of that is due from the time that mario was created and same thing with sonic too they were made in a time where mascots were really an important thing for the games industry because you could argue like mario during the era of like that 80s section with the nes and even arcades because all that stuff with the Famicom and everything else was so hot and they needed to sell their consoles to families, you know, the home consoles and stuff. So Mario obviously comes from that generation, comes from that era of people that have grown up now that have families at this point. And the same yeah. thing with Sonic, because, you know, with the 90s and the console wars and such. Right now, I think that we've gotten to a point, I want to say in the last decade or so. So maybe after PlayStation 2 era, where there's been so many times and instances and years where companies and, and, and different types of brands have tried to make franchises or make mascots that latch on in the same way as a Mario, as a Sonic, as a Crash Bandicoot, as a Donkey Kong, whatever else. And it hasn't always been that because they haven't had that spark of that charm for a mm -hmm. lot of people. Again, it's part of it is the audience. A lot of it has to do with the timing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of game adaptations and movies, Disney should make a freaking Kingdom Hearts movie, man. Have they ever well, thought about talk, doing they that? They talked about a series for the longest time. Like, there's a lot of things with that that are, like, all over the place. The problem is that you have is that, one, how are you going to get people behind the idea and the story and the plot? Normal people. I'm talking about normal people now. I'm not talking about people that play Kingdom Hearts or anybody that plays video games. I'm talking about the normal person who's not crazy and who's yeah. not wild, right? So how are you going to get them to understand what this series is about? If you're not, if they're not into Disney that deep, other than just watching the movies, they're not caring about the lore of Disney movies and stuff. If they're not playing Final Fantasy or anything Square Enix and stuff, how are you going to get them to relate to that or get them interested in that? I don't think you could really tell it in the same way like you do a lot of these animated cartoons and stuff because their their lore and their background story and stuff a lot more simpler, a lot more easy to understand and digest than Kingdom Hearts because I don't even think Kingdom Hearts understands what it's doing sometimes. I think Tetsuya Nomura is winging it and he even he's lost. Even he needs like an encyclopedia for his own series because it's just so crazy. But even then, I think it's also a licensing nightmare. To, to get something like that oh, yeah. like, to you work have because to put all those between in. all the square enix stuff between all the disney stuff like I, that's a that's an, a crazy monumental task which i don't think can work yeah i mean it it, it it i think it could make money if you advertise the fact that you would bring back some characters like you know you could have like where the first game you had hercules and like some of those ips that disney has like yeah, the easiest ones to get for Disney. Yeah. I mean, because you have to use the main core cast, which is Sora, Donald, and Goofy, like mm -hmm. that, which is, this is like the premise of what originally was going to be a series for Disney Channel way back when. Like not even before Disney Plus, but it was like an animated thing that they were going to do. And there was this animatic that was floating around and stuff, which I still don't fully believe was real or at least fully believe that it was actually a legit pitch and stuff. But some people did. But if you go off that premise... I mean, I can understand Kingdom Hearts maybe being a series, but then what? You're going to have like two, three seasons devoted to the first game because that first game is like 40 plus hours almost. You know, yeah. at least it could get up there. I mean, maybe not 40 plus hours, but it's a long time with a lot of convoluted plot all over the place that just is pretty much retelling the Disney movies <laughs> of what they were, <laughs> that they were Absolutely. based on. Yeah, so it's it's a fun game. And I yeah, I'm, I think that would be like, I don't know. I think it would work. As but, someone uh, who has covered that series since the beginning, literally, because I, oh, I know you know one, that, like the back, of I your can hand. tell you right now, even I am confused at this stuff <laughs> looking at it. And I got to talk to some of these people that made this thing, and they even they're confused. They're like, <laughs> it's crazy.
Yeah, I mean, you got the Keyblade on your wall right there. Man. I have two. I, see, yeah, I have two, two Keyblades, and I'm still confused. Like, <laughs> I, I even, I, I have in my collection. You can't see it here, but I have a couple of the games signed by some of the voice actors and stuff. And even they're confused about the characters sometimes. Like, I got the voice Richard Epcar. He's a, he's a really big voice actor. He does Raiden in Mortal Kombat and a lot of other voices, but he's Ansem in the Kingdom Hearts series. And he sometimes, like, he just rolls with it, just says whatever they want him to say and stuff and even he's like a little bit like you know lost on this series sometimes yeah that's freaking great so while while we're on the topic of gaming let's let's get into some of let's get into this little trailer that came out today we got a little jedi uh survivor uh Mm -hmm. action today and what was that was that like a two minute 20 second trailer Uh, or something like that it was like a couple minutes it was a story trailer so it's not a gameplay showcase it's kind of like the previous one which was the reveal trailer this one gives us a little bit more story tidbits, but it doesn't reveal a lot. It teases and like shows a little bit, which a lot of people could pick and pull stuff. And funny enough, you know, because the timing's so convenient, StarWars.com had a top five things that they noticed. You notice, quote unquote, in the trailer. It was like, basically, guys, if you can't see it, here's what you need that you got to get excited about. But yeah. it was good stuff. Uh, we got a little bit of uh, the time frame that this game takes place. We got a little bit of insight of where some of the characters are without knowing the full context. We got a couple more reveals of some of those mysterious characters. We don't know who they are, which uh, being that High Republic Jedi that's in there, or at least a Jedi that's said by some people to be part of the High Republic. Because, And the only reason why I'm saying this is because StarWars.com said that themselves. So it's pretty much confirmed that that Jedi is part of the High Republic, or at least from that era. And um, also the uh, New Planets going to Coruscant, which seems pretty cool. And a couple other places we just don't know yet. At least they haven't said. So a lot yeah. of good details in there. But again, I'm excited for the game. I'm, I'm really hyped up to play it whenever it comes out next month. Yeah, new, new Star Wars is loving them some Coruscant lately. You know, we're getting a yeah. lot of Coruscant action these Big last time. couple of shows, you know, really. Mm-hmm. it's they're, they're showing it off. We I like mean, Coruscant we, out here. Coruscant's absolutely. Cool. We went there in Kenobi. We went there in Andor. We've gone there now in Mando this yeah. past week. Hey, uh, Rebels, we've gone to Coruscant yeah. before. Uh, Bad Batch, we went to Coruscant for a bit, for yep. a tiny bit, <laughs> literally. Yeah, no, they're they're really using it, and it's and you know what? It's always intriguing every time it's on to me. There's something always just interesting about that planet. You know, every time they go there, you see a different layer to it, a different angle of it. More you fan know. service, like <clears throat> yeah. again, the music there i mean with, with the recent we'll talk about it later but like the recent stuff with mando there was a lot of fan service there even with the music which i thought oh, was yeah. interesting like the only problem is though is that every time we go to these places and stuff i don't want it the fan service just to be fan service for the sake of just being there like at least if you're going to do that at least have a purpose in some way even if it's a thematic thing like that yeah. but at least with jedi fallen order at least we're going to be roaming in, in course on it seems like which yeah. sounds awesome but again, I'm curious more about like how narratively that fits into what's going on because the game takes place five years after the previous game. So this is 10 years after Revenge of the Sith from okay. what we know. This is around the same time frame as Kenobi that, that when those events are going down. Okay. And that's where it's going to get interesting is are they going to try to make the galaxy a little smaller and tie in some of the stuff like maybe just like hear rumors of something going on from the Kenobi series or what or whatever. I mean, maybe even... Maybe even have Cal, like, I don't know. Maybe, I, I, it would be crazy if Kenobi somehow was seen in the game. I they don't would know have to make that, it make sense because yeah. even just canon-wise, like, it would not make sense for, for them to meet like that. It would Because considering what we know now after having seen Kenobi and knowing that where Kenobi ends in relation to A New Hope and stuff, they have to really explain this and make it make sense and fit within this canon. Because if I had it my way, like, again, just wishful thinking, I would never have them him meet 
uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, maybe have like archives or something in the game where you gather where there's like reports of it. Because obviously the Empire and Vader really at this time frame, he's looking for Kenobi. Like mm-hmm. he has the events of Obi-Wan technically haven't happened yet. At least that's what I'm gathering. Again, we don't know exactly where it falls and we'll know once we play the game. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, Cal's moving around and there's like a, some sort of galactic report or news report that says like, oh, there's a, you know, the empire's looking for this vigilante known as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Or something and they like, just show like, like that. Cheesy hollow. or randomly, or even if you find like a data pad or something, something that that's part of like, you know, the archives that you get. If you remember from the previous Jedi game or Jedi Fallen Order, you have those archives that have like little, like, like little history or little bestiary stuff that yeah. could like explain certain things. Maybe get like a description in there that Cal runs into someone that has like a report or something with that, that would make more sense to me when fitting into canon and also respecting the events of what's going on with the canon and while still being able to maintain your own story to give us something brand new. No, I agree. And uh, there there was a video I watched on some of the new gameplay on this where it's like, you can get a long blade lightsaber where it's like heavier. There's a lot of forms. Yeah, there, there is some crazy stuff when it comes to the to the uh, fight fight controls in this that just really looked awesome. It looks like they're going to use the force and and lightsaber fighting like in some well, different ways. Well, there's even more they didn't show because there was even a thing that came up where you're going to have a style. There's a, there's multiple forms. There's the single form, the single blade, you know, stuff, which is what we see Cal use. We have the dual blades, okay? We have that cross guard, which is awesome, okay? Which is the one that they showcase where it's like, it's basically the slowest, but it's the most damaging of the forms. And yep. then there's one that they haven't really shown that he actually has a blaster. So you have a lightsaber in one hand, which probably is left hand, and then you have your blaster in your right to use that. But it's from what I read, it's supposed to be for long distance stuff. So like if he's going up against snipers or something, block your shots with the lightsaber and then shoot with the blaster itself. So there seems like there's going to be a lot of interesting stuff. Maybe you could switch between them in various points, like what you had in the original game, which is cool. Yeah, and then absolutely. also the, the dual, the, the staff, the, the double bladed lightsaber. So mm-hmm. that was the other one. So five forms. There you go. It's pretty dope. Yeah, that's why it's fun because to me, it's like I would switch from dual dual lightsaber to single in the game. It's like, I I don't know. I'll be like, all right, I'm going to go back to single for a little bit. And it felt like a different game when I was playing with the single than the double. And it's like, yeah. I would go back and forth because it's like, you really can enjoy the best of both worlds in it. And so get perks it, against certain enemies too. Because remember, like yeah. the dual bladed lightsaber, the double bladed one is, uh, was it good for crowd control? while the other one is mostly against like single enemies if you're like dueling. And then the other one that they have before is like, or at least what they're saying, the dual blades or even the cross guard is like for different types of enemies. Like mm-hmm. if you're going up against bosses that are slow, you're going to want to obviously use the big cross guard one because like you might have slow startup and stuff, but it's going to deal a lot of damage. That, that plays almost exactly like Dark Souls or Bloodborne. Same, yep. same idea with some of these like, you know, variations of the combat. Yeah, like great, great sword style, essentially, yeah. which is kind of cool. I guess you just have like a little adjustment on your lightsaber where it just like makes it longer. You just twist the knob well, and then I'm it gets a little sure, longer. Well, I'm pretty sure like it would be like either at the meditation points or like the little like, you know, desk or tables Different hilts. That, where you could actually change up the hilt and customize it. Because I know you're going to be able to do that. And the same thing with your your gear. You're going to be able to change uh, Cal's outfit and stuff a little bit more so than the ponchos from the previous game. But I wouldn't be surprised if like with that, you can maybe equip like maybe two or three different forms of lightsaber combat and then switch between them in combat while you're fighting, which sounds like it's going to be dope. And the other thing too, we should mention allies in combat because we got that, uh, yes. was it that, that uh, bounty hunter? I can't remember his name at the moment. I was writing about it earlier today too, but the, the, the random uh, bounty hunter dude that we run into, he's in the trailer. I yep. just can't remember his name. But uh, you also get to team up with Marin, which mm-hmm. seems like 
That's interesting. Now, I'm curious if there's a third ally. I would not be surprised if there's another ally that we could use in combat that we just haven't seen yet. Maybe it's maybe it's that Jedi from the High Republic at some point that, you know, whatever goes on with him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I just really I have a lot of excitement for this game cuz it's like that that one when it came out was like kind of a pleasant surprise for me. Uh as far as like adventure type story mode games go, like I just enjoyed it and I'm going to I'm going to get a replay in of it uh pretty soon. I'm going to try to which I haven't even freaking finished Hogwarts yet. So for me to go oh, back to a replay for me to go back to a replay of Fallen Order and then not finish Hogwarts is a problem. You, you can know? knock out Fallen Order in like a weekend. Like I you, know. you like a Friday Saturday you probably be done by Sunday afternoon. I know that I'm going to run into puzzles that are going to piss me off in that game again. Oh yeah, too, well because... in in, in uh... <laughs> In Fallen Order, yeah, there's that whole section with the damn rolling giant balls that you have to use the force to push them. Dude, like that was wild. That's the only section that the whole momentum of the game like slows down. Yeah, I think there was like three levels of that one, and you had to send the one ball into like the air thing to shoot it up yep. and everything. Dude, yep. you're bringing back. Now, here's the cool thing one. about this though: in Survivor, there's going to be challenge dungeons that are puzzles, but they won't be part of like some of the other stuff. Those are optional, which I like. Keep it yeah. focused on the story. Keep it focused on the combat because I think that's where a lot of people are coming to this from. The puzzles, like things where it's a little bit more clever using the forces stuff. That kind of reminds me of Breath of the Wilds where you actually have these like, you know, optional like dungeon areas that you don't need to do necessarily. But if you do them, you get like other perks and such. Yeah, yeah. So it's up to the user then. It's like, you know, if uh, you're not going to be sitting there like, I want to just continue this story and I can't figure out this freaking ball level yeah, or whatever. Exactly. You could just be like, excuse me you could just be like oh i'll go try that maybe or you just move past it and say i'll go back later in the game and, and exactly mess with those so no that's that's exciting i mean i'm hyped for it uh also one thing i noticed too i actually wrote this down was they were talking about like a hideaway and a place worth fighting for mm -hmm. like that's i wrote those lines down it looked like almost like a freaking meteor on like the the hologram like paulus moss or something like something yeah. random like that like the funny thing is i've seen a couple people talk about this you know ever since the trailer came out they were saying that maybe it's in the outer rim or in like the whole section where if you remember there was this rumor going around for a bit that whatever the next movies or other projects going to be post sequel trilogy, it's going to be about this whole other section or during the Mandalorian timeframe when Thrawn and stuff starts to come in, it's going to be about this whole other section of the galaxy that's going on where all the other stuff that we know from the movies is happening. But it's this whole other section that we'd never explored before in the outer rim or like the uncharted area of stuff mm -hmm. that I could understand maybe getting into stuff like that. It makes sense but I feel like that's probably not what they're doing. They're probably going to another location within the galaxy. We know that's close to like all the planets that we know, just a place that we haven't explored yet, you know, or at least yeah. haven't really gotten into because there's planets that are from like legend stuff that we know of that are, were probably even in Knights of the Old Republic that we haven't really explored in Canon in like a current stuff. I know, uh, what was it? Um, I can't remember. It's not Brock. Uh, the, the planet that you go to for the lightsabers uh, for the lightsaber crystals. Oh my God. Um, the kyber crystals i can't remember the name at the moment i'm blanking oh, out damn. it's in fallen order too but like that planet that cal goes to before that game and before then i think the only place i can remember you going to it in was in night Zero republic or some other random thing but that was like the first one in canon that you actually go to when you actually see it and you know besides the show and the, and the tv series and stuff and and but this like, is the planet that's rumored that they turned into uh star killer base or whatever exactly right? Exactly. Okay, I can't like, think of the damn like imagine if they pulled another planet from like Knights of the Republic or like any other class or Je the Jedi Outcast or Jedi Academy games, some other planet or place that we go to, like Taurus, 
you know, the planet's ours or whatever that we could just go to and just do stuff there, but it's within the galaxy. We just haven't really seen it in this point, you know, in the canon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I trust them to give us good, good story stuff. There wasn't really much with the first game where I was just like, this is losing me or like, you know, this isn't necessary. I just thought the story was really good in it, which yeah. I need a ref. I need a refresher on it. There's no, I, I have, about it. I have a lot of faith in it because I, I knew someone who was one of the narrative designers on the game on, on Jedi survivor. And I couldn't say it for like the longest time. Cause I didn't want to get hounded and stuff, but I got a lot of faith in it because they look like they, they did a lot of great work with fallen order. I was very pleased with it, you know, because I've, I always had this thing against the souls born genre. Cause I just don't think that those games by design are really meant to be all that fun. They're really meant to be frustrating and challenging but with this one they actually got me into it where it was like i was kind of lightening up a little bit on the genre and having fun with it that was the best thing and it was really because of the story because i wanted to see it through so with this one i'm really i'm really looking forward to it i'm expecting good things i'm, yeah. I'm not worried about it whatsoever yeah i agree i agree so we hit on that let's go let's go into some of the uh Star Wars stuff going on right now that we got going yeah. on on TV. Uh, we haven't talked to you about Mando so far. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about what you're liking about the whole series so far. And uh, then we'll go into the last episode. So what, so, do, yeah, what do you season, think so far? Season three. So first two episodes, I actually liked them. I didn't think they were bad. So a lot of people kept saying that those that first episode especially was bad. I didn't think it was bad. I understood it. And, and the way I got after seeing the second episode, it was like a part one, part two. That's really what it was like. And if anything, they should have released, released both of those episodes together. That would have made much more sense to me because you got part one, part two of that whole section. Um, the other thing too, is that it's good seeing Bo-Katan and, and Mando working together like that. Those two are definitely looking like they're going to be partners or something by the time that this season ends because yeah. they look good together. At least they're playing off of each other or at least, you know, the, the spirituality that Din has or Din Djarin has it with his Mandalorian culture is starting to rub off a little bit on Bo-Katan, you yep. know, in some way with what, what she's known, obviously being a character we've seen in rebels and all these other places of what Mandalorians are like and what's happened to her. Cause remember when she was going to the planet, with uh, Grogu, she was like pretty much talking to him about like what it used to be like and like her experience and her point of view of stuff. And, you know, compared to what it is now, I think that tease by, by the time we got to episode three, which we'll get into in a bit, but that tease uh, going into episode three, I think it was pretty interesting with, uh, you know, the people that were coming after them. So, but as far as like the ending of like seeing the mythosaur, seeing all the, what is it? The way that uh, the whole planet has just been like completely like desolate. You know, mm -hmm. there's still life there and it's cool seeing some of those creatures that we've seen in some of the animated shows. But like, this is like what I like about Star Wars when it's intriguing. Like it could have slower moments like that and still be intriguing, but not be a drag, you yeah. know, which again, well, we'll get into now, I guess. Which which takes us to episode three. Now I know, uh, I know, I, I, I like kind of enjoyed it. And then like also in the back of my mind, I do think like we're halfway or no, this is episode four actually that just happened, was it? Or no, no we're episode, going to, episode that three. was episode three. Okay. Yeah, we're going, we're going into going four, episode this four this week. So yeah, episode three definitely was not totally a Mando story, you know, and mm -hmm. we have eight episodes of this show, which like, I can't help but to think that in the back of my mind where I'm like, all right, this has got to be important if they spent almost, uh, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> however much time on it they did. It was a 56 minute episode and I'd say they probably spent uh, at least 46 minutes of the episode on Coruscant following Dr. Pershing. So I saw some of your thoughts of it on Twitter. What, what, what did you think about this? episode? So I'll tell you right now, after all that, because 
the the my biggest problem with this episode was that entire section because I felt like this is clearly the stuff from Andor and it is not working for me because mm-hmm. I'm watching The Mandalorian. I get it. It's world building. It's got it's a slower pace. It's trying to build up these characters and other stuff and set things up. I get it. I've seen all these excuses from a lot of people. I saw a lot of excuses from John Campia specifically about this because he really likes Andor and he digs a lot of that stuff. And I get it. The problem is though, is that none of this was fun to watch. None of this was interesting, wasn't intriguing. It was a drag. It was boring. I felt like, you know, this was so out of place with this show because the pacing of Mando episodes, it's not what Andor is. It's night and day. Clearly now you could see them side by side. It's night and day. And I'm not opposed to seeing slower scenes and slower buildups and stuff. We have House of the Dragon, which is a perfect example. The thing differences with that show and what was happening with Andor is that even in the slower moments of House of the Dragon, it still felt like action was happening. It still yeah. felt like even with the dialogue, the slow buildups and stuff, you felt like you were going someplace and you felt like things were moving and happening and you were along with this slow ride. You were there creeping with the characters as they were creeping before things popped off. Yeah. I don't feel that with Andor. I definitely didn't feel that with this episode. And like, I get it. And there was the whole big reveal at the end that was like a big double cross with Dr. Pershing, uh, or at least, uh, what is it, that uh, officer? I can't remember her name. Uh, I'm she, forgetting her name too. I, even so, I can't even remember her name, but like, that person, because we've seen her before in previous Mando episodes, but like, I get it. What they were trying to do is probably setting up stuff with cloning. They're really harping and hammering down this whole idea of cloning with us, but they're also hammering down. those like the empire, or at least the remnants of the empire are still at work here. Despite the new Republic being the thing, they're getting, getting a little bit too comfortable and they're kind of being a little bit too loose with stuff, which is why I think we still had that Imperial Star destroyed with all those TIE fighters that were coming after Mando and Bo-Katan, which I thought it was so jarring to turn away from that, to cut away from that, to go to this whole story, still in the back of my mind that entire time was like, yo, what happened to Bo-Katan and, and Mando? Like, yeah. they jumped to hyperspace, now what? Like, exactly. they got away, but like, okay. And it wasn't until the end of the episode, it was like, okay, they went to those other Mandalorians with the armor that, you know, we saw Mando go to originally at the start of the season. But the point was, I had to go through 46 or 40 something minutes of like this drag, you know, to get back to the Mandalorian. It felt like, okay, we go through all this, now back to our regularly scheduled program. And it's like, (laughs) come on, like, I'm down for Mando. I'm down for anything Star Wars, but you got to give me something. And I feel like while there's a lot of people right now saying that this was good, this was Star Wars maturing and stuff, I totally disagree. Because Star Wars more than anything else, especially classic Star Wars that everybody likes to go to and likes to reference and stuff, it was exciting to watch, even in the slower moments. And this was not exciting to watch. This this show is not it for Mando for me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they try to do because as you're saying it was very different from what we're used to with mando it was andor style um which was funny because brent was saying like there's a lot of mando fans out there who didn't like andor who are going to say this was good and he was like this was no different than andor and yeah you're you're definitely i'll tell you right i can tell you right now as someone because i was part of star wars theories watch party i was watching with him on the screen i saw the chat and the reactions to it. Now, granted, chat is always is not always a good barometer for like the reactions of people, but you pair oh, yeah. that up with the reactions on social media. It's really only a small sect of people that are really defending this stuff really hard and really defending Andor's approach to Star Wars storytelling really super hard. And I get it. I understand why. I understand that this is them trying to be a little bit more high-minded with Star Wars, but I don't think you need to be high-minded with Star Wars in order to be good. You just have to be exciting and interesting and intriguing to watch. And yes. it's like you know, 
this, I'll tell you right now, this whole section with this episode better have gone someplace with a big payoff by the end of this actual season, or I'm going to be super pissed because yeah. it's like, there's no reason for this to be here. Now, the other thing too, we shouldn't mention, because I saw this talked about on social media and mentioned in a few other spots. This could also be some of the fallout from the Rangers of the New Republic. Now, I could see that, but even so, I still feel like if that's the case, what does this really have to do with what's going on with Mando's story and Grogu and, and everything else with the Mandalorians? Because we go away from Mandalore and what was going on there right at the end of that chase, which the chase was awesome. I thought we were in it for like a great episode. Oh my God, it was crazy. It I thought, was, we, were, I thought we were in. I thought we were going to have a 10 out of 10 yeah. up until that point. But like we go away from that and now we're back on Coruscant. I love going to Coruscant. I love the Easter eggs. I love the music little nods to like Plagueis and the whole thing. But like, what is the point of this? Is it because we're just there? That's why we're getting that? Is it because you're trying to have a subtle theme or illusion to something else that's going on behind the scenes with this cloning stuff? Because I, outside of the stuff with Grogu that we got from Mando season one and two, like that, what does any of these cloning things have to do with Din and Grogu? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could say that the remnants are Moff Gideon's people were trying to clone Grogu or trying to get his blood and stuff. And you know, they've talked about it, but like in the context of what we just saw, like it just feels like this is out of nowhere. It's so random. It's so disjointed and disconnected from all this stuff. I really do hope this next episode or the next couple episodes, they really like start connecting these dots because I don't think it's going to be good if they don't. And it's just there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like I, I might be wrong, but I feel like I saw something that the next episode's like 36 minutes or 37 minutes. Yeah. Or it's something. shorter, which I don't like that. They, they got to get more consistent Lucasfilm specifically. They got to get yeah. more consistent with the length of these episodes because you could tell the last of us almost nearly an hour, every single episode, you could mm -hmm. say the same thing about even Andor and, you know, you could argue the quality of Andor every day, but at least they were consistent with longer episodes, mm -hmm. you know, for the six episodes we had. And stuff you could even say the same thing about house of the dragon hour episodes you know or at least around the hour mark so 50 minutes give or take yeah you but know what you're getting 36 minute stuff is it's it's silly yeah i agree and that's what uh a rumor just came out about the acolyte that just said every episode will be one hour long like I they just said for their sake <laughs> yeah yeah they I just really said do. it's it's automatic every episode one hour the same the same as game of thrones which like we always know we're going to get that like 55 minutes or so out of it. But then every now and then you might get that like hour 15 or something like that, where you're like, yeah. oh, we're in not 30 tonight. something minutes though. It's like, again, that's a bad batch episode. Now, yeah. That's really what it is. And arguably, <laughs> arguably, I mean, granted this week's bad batch we'll talk about and stuff, but like arguably within that shorter time frame for the bad batch, you could get a lot more interesting storytelling than what we just got with this episode. Arguably. Again, yeah. it's a very subjective, very perspective thing for a lot of people. And there's a lot of people within the small suspect of, of Star Wars fans that are defending this stuff, but I really don't think it's good. I really don't think it's going to work out in the long run for Star Wars fans, especially those that have been sticking with this stuff. Again, I'm getting up at like, or at least staying up to like 3 a.m. to watch these episodes as soon as they drop. If I yeah. feel like that every single episode, like I did with Andor, I'm going to check out and I don't want that. Like, I don't think anybody wants that. No, I... I agree. I, uh, what was I, where was I going with this? What was I thinking about? Oh man, I'm drawing a blank here. I had a great point. <laughs> That's how too. bad the episode was. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I think we wait so long. We've waited so long for this too, that you want every episode to count big time. Yeah. You know, we, we want to see, we want to see where, the, uh, you know, I, I think the whole thing with Mando is now is like, you know, we've had Moff Gideon <clears throat> technically. I mean, they mentioned Gideon in this. Yeah, he's going to be in the season. Like, he, yeah. he's already shot stuff. So we know he's coming. That's yeah. not the point. But it's like, 
you would have expected a shot of him in that whole armada of people's like, oh, he probably broke out of the freaking, you know, Republic like prison or whatever. Cause remember he he's in prison technically now he was in a trial mm-hmm. that they mentioned. Yeah. When they heard some banging on the ship, I was almost thinking like maybe Gideon's like already on the ship, like right? hanging out and she's that would, that would have been a cool reveal. Yeah. That would have been perfect. But now where it ended, it's like, all right, I guess they're wiping his mind. I don't know if they're able to. Yeah. Take- I wasn't even clear on that. Like, because that whole machine, they're trying to do these parallels is like the New Republic is not that far removed from the Empire, which I get. It. It's a very high mind thing, but that's all what Andor was about. Literally, that's like the whole thing is like things are just like really bad and how things are kind of like creeping into becoming a totalitarian state. It was very, it was very, uh, it was a 1984 meets like Westworld meets Blade Runner, etc. Yeah, that's really what that show was. And that's what you kind of got these vibes here. But the problem is, though, it's like, again, that's not Mandalorian. That's not this part of the Star Wars galaxy and stuff. That's not this show. So I probably would be a little bit easier on it if like what you said, that reveal in the ship and stuff before the double cross was Moff Gideon coming to meet her. Then I would have been like, okay, this sounds like it's going someplace again and stuff. But even then at the very end when he's getting his mind wiped and stuff, I felt like I can't tell if she's working for somebody else or she's working for the Republic or she was actually doing what she had told those people. Again, I'm very confused with it because I don't feel like the show makes it clear enough and people could argue like, okay, there's layers and stuff that you're not getting and such, but I feel like it should be at least clear enough what direction we're going in and where we're, what our trajectory is going to be like in general. No, I agree. I agree. And I, I, I think that was their way of saying like, this is what the new Republic is like. This is who's in charge. You could do it in probably a shorter uh, and a bit more exciting way, I'll say, probably. Like, mm. at that episode, I was, like, kind of, you know, I really enjoyed the Mando parts of that episode. Yeah, I'll say. the beginning like those, and the end. Yeah, great. Like, those were really good. I mean, Bo-Katan is now part of the uh, the Creed or whatever. She, you know. There, there might be the some way. things going on with her, though. Like, I saw Star Wars Theories, like, video about it, and I saw a couple other people talking about it. There might be other motivations there, which I'm intrigued. Again, I'm intrigued by that. Because either they're going to be together, him and her and uh, Din are going to be together with Grogu being like the, the stepchild between the yeah. two, or she's going to double cross him because she still wants to rule Mandalore. Like, let's yeah. not let's not kid ourselves. Like, she still wants to be on top. And she knows about the Mythosaur. She hasn't told nobody yet. Why is that? That's cool to think about. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, she's, I think she's definitely keeping that Mythosaur in her pocket because she's I don't know if she's going to try to go back there or what to try to, to try to I would. ride it, you know, like, I, yeah. I, but like, I don't know. It's like, I'm not catching the vibes from her that she would double cross Din. Cause it seems like she's kind of like she cares about some him. respect for him. You yeah. Know? And for specifically for Grogu. I think she cares more also about Grogu because yeah. that whole section with them in the, in the second episode stuff, I felt like she really opened up to Grogu cause he's a child. sir. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm excited for people who maybe haven't watched some of the animated stuff to get to know like her character. Uh, Cause she's definitely a really cool character. And yeah. it's fun that to me, she seems like she's going to be a main this whole season. Like oh, to yeah. me, Hands she down. seems like she's Hands in down. for the ride all she's year. She's in Katie Sackhoff is in. Yeah. Yeah. And you, the uh, point that I, that I lost earlier that I was going to make is um, <clears throat> you can introduce new things to star Wars and have fun with it. And to me, I just recently did a rewatch of empire strikes back, which I always say, 
I always say every time I watch original trilogy Star Wars, I don't know if it's just with years or whatever. It's like you just notice new stuff when you watch yeah, it. It feels that you get different vibes like to different things you might have going on in your life at that time or whatever. You just might catch little things. Empire Strikes facts. Back does such a good job of keeping the story moving and introducing you to new shit the whole time. Like you're just Damn. like you're moving in that movie. That movie starts and you're going. Like, like there, there's high mind stuff in Empire Strikes Back. There's even high mind stuff in in the New Hope and in even Return of the Jedi. Technically, the yeah. entire original trilogy has all, has some high mind stuff in it if you know where to look. But it's also it's giving you that while also still bringing everybody for the ride. And I think yep. that that's the best part. And I feel like a lot of newer Star Wars stuff, with the exception of stuff that I feel like a lot of Dave Filoni has had a hand in, has really been missing out on because I feel like Andor totally misses that. And I was hyped up for Andor. Like, I think I've even said on this show, I was really hyped up for Andor before it came out. And I was massively disappointed because of that. But, you know, a lot of people in a lot of uh, different places, when they try to criticize a lot of the criticism being hurled at these different things, they like to reference the original trilogy, specifically Empire and even A New Hope, you know, as being those the ones that like started up Star Wars and introduced a lot of the newer aspects there over time that became the Star Wars canon. The problem is though, I feel like they always seem to forget is like, look, that high mind stuff and those metaphors and those other things were there, but it was still a fun thing to watch and follow. It wasn't trying to be so high mind that people just won't get it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, <clears throat> you could, you could look at the, um, the fighter, the fighter scene in the beginning of this. And that shows you that Filoni and Favreau get star Wars because you have, you have Bo-Katan's home being destroyed where you're yeah. sad about that. And then you have this, you know, dogfight going on in the sky where you're wondering what's going to happen. But then you're also laughing at R5 in the cockpit. And you're also like kind of laughing at Grogu riding with Bo-Katan. So like you can have visual excitement, you can have suspense, you can have sad things happening, and you can also laugh at the same time. And, and, that's and you like could have a tense thing, thing afterwards because remember, Bo-Katan was going to go against that whole armada. And Dim was like, oh, listen, let's just dip out. But she was going to go <laughs> guns blazing out. Like that, that's what was going to happen at that moment. But the point is, is like, it's still fun to watch regardless of any of those things that you like. It doesn't always have to be a mixture of stuff and things like that, but it does yeah. have to at least get to a point where it's like, everybody's alone for the ride and you're having fun watching it without it feeling like a drag. And I feel like Andor is a drag. I felt like that other section of the episode was a drag and it really shouldn't be like that for Mandalorian. Yeah, which I, I'm hoping it'll probably be the one episode that was like that. It's their little introduction episode. This is what's going on. This is who's in charge. If rumors are to be believed and we, we're taking Rosario Dawson at face value, she's in the next episode coming up. All right. Nando. So that could be a total palate cleanser. Be like, okay, let's go. Like yeah. we're, we're back on track again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I, and uh, Carl Weathers leaked the name of the episode. It's called The Foundling. That's what the Ooh, new episode okay. is called. You can always trust Carl Weathers to come through. I know. That's our boy right there. I know he because he directed this one. So he's he great. said he's like, he's like, this week is my episode, the foundling. And then someone commented, like, Carl, I think they usually try to keep the name of the episode hidden until the reveal. And he was just like, oops, like, my bad. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> he's like, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna scold Carl Weathers now? Nope, nope. He's They'll he's make him pull out a, a pistol on you. Come on now. Yeah. No, that's one thing I'm just like, I have fun that he's part of the Star Wars franchise and plays the character that he does in it now because he's he's got he's had a great career and he's just a fun guy to have a part of it. And he's passionate about it, too. Yeah. You know, we, if we need more actors and people behind the scenes that are like that. We need yeah. less of the mudslinging on social media from these people towards the fans. 
and towards each other and stuff like that and more of people like him and, mm-hmm. and people like katie sackoff because katie sackoff really loves star wars she's she's again she's been in it for a hot minute now but she you could tell she really has a ball with all this yeah. stuff yeah she's like I, I think she's like kind of like pinch myself like enjoy this while i'm doing yeah. it you know but it's like some actors need to do that stuff more i mean it's like <clears throat> when people want to like think they're bigger than whatever like you know I, I feel like that happened with Game of Thrones towards the end and the, uh, you know, the series, like I felt like some of those actors were like, I want to move on to bigger things, you know, with, with I think there was a lot of whatever. other stuff with that though. Like, I think yeah. there was a lot of other factors that made it feel like that. But what I was speaking more to specifically was the way that star Wars as a brand and the people behind it are interact with the audience. Like we've, we talked about it a couple of times where it's like, look, you can't, you don't need to be on social media beefing with fans that criticize you. <laughs> Or yeah. saying or taking jabs or doing all these other things or promoting and like bigging up certain things just to make yourself look good. Like you don't need to be doing that. You know, you need you need the same type of interaction like Carl Weathers has, like Kitty Sackhoff has, like uh, what is it, like Sam Witwer has, you know, with Star Wars, like when they come or Rosario Dawson, even I would even throw her in there. Like whenever they come through and there's always like an interaction either on social media or promotion of like whatever project they're part of and stuff, it's always a good fun time and it's always good to get people excited about this stuff. Yeah. You know, because the other things we don't want what we had with the last Jedi, where people were just basically mudslinging. We don't yeah. want that whole time frame. And it's again, it's not even just the fans' fault, you know, or the viewers' fault. It's really on all sides. And the more we avoid that, that type of stuff, the better I think the brand's going to be down the line. Yeah, yeah. Did you see any of those quotes from John Boyega this week? Uh, I did. You know, something. Again, it's confusing. This goes back to Lucasfilm, like not getting together the message and being clear and decisive and 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 straight up with everybody. Because let me tell you something: the one person out of all the sequel trilogy and and a lot of newer Star Wars stuff under the Disney banner stuff, the one person has a big problem, has a legit big problem, is John Boyega. And yeah. to be honest with you, either they, if what he's saying or what's being floating around is true, I think it's going to be weird weird time because he, i can tell you right now he did not have a good time during that that era so you know they rolled out the giant truck of money for him to be like yo we we need you we shine a giant john boyega symbol in the air or something like it's it's just weird and i think also it's a bad move to go back to that era of star wars after yeah. what we just experienced and with the this time frame of the mandalorian being so hot and such unless they're going far off into the future post-sequel trilogy i think this is a bad move and the yeah. same thing with Daisy Ridley. Remember, not so long ago, what? A couple of months ago, if not longer, there was talk about Daisy Ridley coming back. She was meeting with Lucasfilm and stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of weirdness there. And it's like, I don't know about this one. I really don't know. Yeah. I, I think like, and I sidetracked us with this, but I think it's like you have you have the old Republic just sitting right there, man. Yeah. Like you have, you could, you could give those Game of Thrones vibes, in my opinion, with Star Wars when you go back to that old school stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, like those old, you know, old Republic Jedi and just like, just a different time, like almost like medieval style Star Wars. That's, exa- that's exactly what I was going to say. Knights of the Old Republic is basically medieval Star Wars. That's yeah. exactly what that whole entire, both of those games and that entire era of the franchise is. The thing is though, is like, you could go to any era, you know, of Star Wars right now, but you got to tell us interesting stories. You got to give us interesting characters. You got to give us interesting concepts. And I feel like going back to the sequel trilogy and it's not because they have interesting stories to tell i think it's really because they invested so much within that era of star wars and because uh freaking what is it uh the the disney galaxy's edge is really a big thing that they want to connect more stuff to it and such like that because they've already invested so much into it i think that's a big problem that's a bad 
motivating factors of it, especially when you got Mando in this era of Star Wars, really, and Ahsoka getting ready to come out, which is really going to do big things for people. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a really it's a really awkward, confusing move. Like they they're gonna have to really explain this if if at all if they got anything to explain at uh what is it at Star Wars Celebration? Yeah, yeah. You know what they need to find is they need to find balance. They need to find balance in the Force. I know Disney wanted to do Galaxy's Edge, which I had a good. I, I know I know you had a good time there. I had a good time there. Yeah, I it's enjoyed fun. myself for what it was. But. You know, you own it. You could have Boba Fett walking around your park. You could yeah, have like, Darth Vader walking around your like park. Th- like, this whole neglecting and like trying to put on a facade of like certain things with the franchise. Like you can't, it's like, even like I said, even with social media, it's like you could celebrate black actors during black history month and stuff like they did with John Boyega. They did even with uh, Moses Ingram at one point, but where was the birthday shout out for James Earl Jones? You know what I mean? Or, or for Billy D Williams. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's little things like that. And all these other different things all over the place. It's like, you got the star Wars land galaxy's edge. You're, you're trying so hard to keep everybody immersed within that world and stuff, but nobody's feeling that era. So why not just double down on what giving everybody what they want and celebrate all of star Wars. Yeah. Have like meeting because they do it now. They have meeting greets, obviously with Darth Vader, you know, post Obi-Wan and stuff with uh, BB eight and uh, R2 and all those other things and such like that. But it's like, this should have been like the game plan and at least the mindset from the very get-go. And I feel like with some of these other decisions that they want to go back to stuff, it's like the High Republic. You could even talk about the High Republic, which is weird too to say this because we just talked about Jedi Survivor having a High Republic thing with it. But like, it's more going back to the stuff with the books and everything else that a lot of people were not feeling. Like some people do, but a lot of people that are into Star Wars really weren't down with that. So it's like, why are you going to go back to that again? You know, yeah. technically they're also doing it also with Star Wars Eclipse, which is another game project that's like, you know, we know nothing about at this point. That's just like, we don't even know if it's if it's done or is it finished? Is it coming out or is it not? Like same thing even with the Ubisoft game. The Ubisoft game we're supposed to find out sometime soon. The open world Star Wars game that we just don't know nothing about. Yep. <laughs> Come on, yeah. man. Yeah, there's... <clears throat> There's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. That would, that would be like them having Avengers Campus and being like, yeah, we're not no going to show any, and no Avengers. Yeah, and, and <laughs> we're going to only show characters post Endgame. Like that's like, here, it. We're going to show you Daredevil. We're going to show you Luke Cage. We're going to probably show you Squirrel Girl. And there you go. Yeah. yeah. So where's Captain America? You're where's just Black like, Widow? I want to see Iron Man. Where's Wanda? <laughs> like, come on now. Like, it, it's, But they do it's that weird. with that section, actually. Like, they, I know they have that out in California, but I've seen videos of that MCU campus where it's like, they get it. They they get what fans want to see with that. Yeah. Like, just get just get to that with Star Wars. You can they, still they have had the Black Panther uh, Shuri with Black Panther T'Challa. Canon doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but it doesn't matter. It's like everybody's having a ball with it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, just you, you, you want to meet the characters you want to meet. Like, you, you own it. I mean, ugh, I don't know. There's there's yeah. things going on because Disney lost a boatload of money. They lost a boatload of money. They lost a boatload of Disney Plus subscribers. There's so, a lot going on with them right now. Yeah, we're we're gonna be we're gonna be seeing some different things. I'd like to think when it comes to the quality of what we get when it comes to these these titles, and, and not just the fact that we're getting a title. We're getting a title. We're getting a story. And there's you know not to say there's not love put into these either and hard work. Like obviously there is, but like just just something that's special basically is what i think they realize they need to do to keep those subscribers up basically like other than just your old ips and old movies that kids might want to watch because that's where you're losing people is like you're losing subscribers who are just like all right there's people are subscribing to disney plus now just for the mandalorian 
And, exactly. And they'll and they'll end their subscription after Mando is done mm-hmm. because they might and probably even... bring it back up when Ahsoka comes out. Yeah, exactly. So you got to find that way to keep those people around for for those. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, I mean, I feel like we've hit on Mando now. Let's go to Bad Batch, which I'll mm-hmm. say too. I watched about half of that episode, and I already know everything that happened in it because I read <laughs> about it, and I um and I I let Joe and Brent on a podcast last week fully talk it out, and then I was just like, yeah, guys, I I haven't watched checked out <laughs> just because. I really love the Bad Batch. I do, but yeah, it's been good this season. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of it. I'm not a fan of the fact I, I always thought I would like this. It's just the way my schedule works and everything. Like every Wednesday night, I was tuning into the Bad Batch. Now I I do group watch with some of my friends for Mando. It's kind of screwed up my Bad Batch watching. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, oh, I'll watch it. I'll watch it uh, on Thursday. And then maybe something might come up on Thursday where I'm just like, I, I should have watched it last night. And, you know, we've only had a couple of weeks of these two going together. Week one, yeah. I did it, but I don't know. For me personally, I, I've just had some, I, I, I kind of wish they just didn't release on the same night. I, I wish I had my own separate nights for each of them where I could schedule it out. But, you know, I agree. I mean, it's easy. It, you, you could, Bad Batch is a 30 minute show. It's just me personally, the way I like to watch something, I like to sit down and have like my experience with it. I like to be able to know that I'm going to be able to sit 30 minutes and watch this full through. I like to yeah. watch it at nighttime for some reason. Like that's just how I am. So I don't know. I, I need to get better with Bad Batch because I've watched the full season and I, and then the last two episodes, I fluttered a little bit. So all right, I, no, I feel the- you on that. I, I think also we had that same thing happen when Andor was going on and they decided to drop all of Tales of the Jedi on the same mm-hmm. night that it premiered. So you, you had to compare the yeah. two, you know, and you had to watch all of it. Cause I remember doing that. And I was like, I had so much more fun watching Tales of the Jedi than Andor that night. And it was just like, it was like a whiplash. It's like going from this, it was like the high of this to the low of this. It's like, Oh my God. But yeah. still, I totally feel where you're coming from with that. They need to spread out the days because they, you want to get people talking about new stuff on Disney plus throughout the week. Not just mm-hmm. drop it all in one night and then some people like miss out on certain stuff. Like it's just weird like that. Yeah. And I don't like, I've heard some people talk about like whether there might be like some kind of, uh, you know, like something that might come up in the bad batch that like might be talked about in the future uh, with Mando or whatever. The same I don't week. Know about that. I don't think they had it planned for bad batch to be going this late. Bad batch was supposed to release earlier, if I'm not mistaken, because mm-hmm. they had that date set. I remember there was a date set for Bad Batch and then it just kind of went into when is it coming out? Like, you know, they I I think it got delayed a month or two from when it was supposed to. I know to the come. release dates for both shows got changed at one point. I yeah. know that Amando got changed a while back and I think Bad Batch as well. Yeah, they both did at some point, like something random. But I think that, you know, the timing of it is just kind of like just happenstance. It just kind of happens like that. But also, I think that this whole idea that you have to watch this Bad Batch stuff because it's going to come up later in Mando, I think they're probably alluding to like the cloning stuff. And even then, I feel like that's very loose because we've talked about cloning stuff in Bad Batch or we've seen stuff with that uh, even in season one. But still, I, I think that maybe that's a little bit too far of a reach. But again, we don't know with Mando because Mando hasn't really been too clear about, okay, what's up? We know that uh, Dr. Pershing and stuff really had some things going on with cloning, maybe dealing with Maltantis, you know, in some way, but we haven't really seen it. We haven't, we're not seeing these clear connections. So it's a little hard to say that. Yeah. 
But what what are you thinking about this season of Bad Batch uh, so far? Like, are you you enjoying it? Uh, you know, we can hit on that. We could hit on the last episode or any any major I, honestly, points so far. I like this season of the Bad Batch. I think it's been good more than it's been bad. There's been a couple episodes that've been kind of like nay or mediocre. Yeah. This episode being the most filler out of all of them, I could guess you could say, because there's been some bangers with the Bad Batch this season, especially the crosshair or cross yeah crosshair episodes. Like some of them have been fantastic. Top, top tier, the crosshair top episodes. Tier. Here, like top tier, I really good stuff and it's not even with the whole group because there's been some good episodes with the whole group as well when we had gungi or that was just like hanging with everybody and like doing stuff yeah. that was cool as well but this most recent episode was definitely a filler episode it, it felt like nothing was really happening the whole monsoon or like the wave or whatever like that was weird you know and i get it like i wish like maybe there was something tying in to other stuff because at the very beginning of the episode we see uh what is it their their uh their former uh well, not really former, but the per the, the I forgot her name, but they she gives her the the missions. They give she oh um Sid Sid yeah we yeah. see Sid there and we know that's going to come to a head hopefully in the next episode or yeah. sometime this season. But the rest of this episode they were just kind of like chilling and getting away from everything. But I think the problem is Vacation. though is that when you're gonna when you do those episodes and you're gonna get away from everything, there is got to be something that still relates back to it in some significant way. And I feel like we didn't really get that here. Like we got the idea of like oh tech and this girl are going to probably be in a relationship they like each other clearly and stuff mm -hmm. but uh the whole idea about them settling down and everything else it felt like it didn't really go anywhere it didn't feel like you know they were trying to make a point about maybe giving up this life of being like you know on the run and all this stuff but it really didn't go anywhere you really feel like okay they're not going to stop what they're doing now mid-season like come on that's not realistic yeah. Yeah. No, you're definitely not wrong about that. That's why like last week it was like, I, I actually do really enjoy the bad batch. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't expect to enjoy bad batch as much as I have. It's actually. better than season one. I'll, yeah. I'll admit. Yeah. And I like the characters and I care about it, but it's like, I go back to Disney with like cutting stuff. And it's like, I feel like I feel like the filler episodes aren't going to help these show these animated shows anymore. Yeah. Honestly. Like yeah, I, I think time. you, I think you could lose views or whatever, and that might wind up on the cutting room floor. Which, like, I don't want to see that that happen to Bad Batch. Like I was saying, yeah. when you go on Disney Plus, on the top screen, they usually have those big banners where it's yeah. like Mando release day. Mando is going to be the first <laughs> mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I'm seeing now on release day, Bad Batch will be like five scrolls into that, which I usually yeah. don't watch Bad Batch from that. I usually click the Star Wars link yeah, on it, too. but it's like. But it's like that shows you it's like they, they've got like a, a Miley Cyrus thing in front of it and they've got like a kid show in front of it. And they got I think this, that's all timing. Bad Batch. I think that's all really timing because, again, Miley Cyrus had her concert on there. They had a Dua Lipa and Elton John thing. That's true. They, that's they had these other <laughs> big releases on Disney Plus. Like, obviously, I think it was Pinocchio at one point and yeah. a few other things that were just randomly all coming out around saying, again, I blame Disney with the release schedule of stuff like they just need to spread things out and have better planning for some of this. It's not that. You know, there's different audiences. They're never going to cross and stuff. I think a lot of people that are into Disney stuff are also into Star Wars stuff now or vice versa in yeah. some way. But I also think that if you're going to put all this stuff out and get everything there due, you have to spread things out. You know, I think that what sucks about, you know, the timing for Bad Batch, you know, because while the show is good you know, for the most part, there's more good episodes than there are bad. I think that with the way that a lot of people perceive like Star Wars as a brand, like a lot of people have been losing interest and stuff, especially from the Disney plus subscribers, it's only going to work against it. 
And it's like, okay, Disney at some point or Lucasfilm at some point is going to go with their best, biggest shows, you know, that they're going to stick with and leave other things to kind of just float away or just disappear and stuff. You don't want to see that with the Bad Batch because there's so much going on for it right now. But yeah. um, I will say favorite episode of the Bad Batch thus far when they were doing the thing with uh, Palpatine, those two episodes, that part one, part two stuff that I felt was some of the best stuff going on. A lot of people would say the Crosshair episodes, we've had two. I think so far that have been absolute bangers, but at a personal preference, those episodes where it's like, you know, the clone conspiracy thing, because the way it ends with the way that Palpatine is just like, yo, he knew about all this. He made it all work to his advantage. It's like, this guy's a freaking mastermind. Like, yeah. and it makes sense, you know, because the Bad Batch are not really going to know that he's a Sith Lord. Like the, none of those people are not even in the Senate. They're going to know that, but it's like, damn, this guy is really clever. He yeah. just turned, he just literally turned their whole effort into a death tone for the entire clone army. So kickstart the stormtrooper program. It's like, yeah. and that's how we got the stormtroopers in episode four. It's like, wow, that is some masterful tactician type of stuff. Yeah. That was like classic. That was just classic, like uh, prequel Palpatine, essentially just like him, just maneuvering his way through something. He's given a challenge and he, and he made the other guy to... take the fall too. the dude yep. that basically portrayed him. He made him take the fall. It's like, wow. Yep. And that, they got that was Ian, good. <laughs> they got uh, Ian McDermott to do his voice yeah, for that too. Which is awesome. So, awesome. you know, you got those vibes from it when he came out, when he came out into, uh, you know, into the, oh my God, the uh, Coruscant, the Senate, uh, the Senate, the Senate. When he came out in the Senate chamber, you're like, all right, shit's going down. You know, yeah, like he's we here all now. And then the alarm's <laughs> going off. It's like, oh, he's like, oh, y'all were talking smack about me before. Like I wasn't here. Y'all didn't think <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear I'm that. here. <laughs> like I'm here now. Now what? What was yeah. this about your bill or at least your, uh, your whole filibuster about my stormtrooper program. Yeah. Like, and I'm about like, to give you the complete opposite result that now, you want. Now I will <laughs> say though, the reason why I think that episode is good is because I also think that's a good way to do politics in star Wars, or at least a good approach to it. Cause I felt like the entire two episodes, it's about getting a, a, a program for the clones that aren't going to be going to war anymore, getting them to actually live out their lives, you know, as clones, because remember they have accelerated aging mm -hmm. and such. But the way that they go about it, where they're talking about, okay, like, you know, having a, a program for retirement, having all this other stuff for living situations and living accommodations and stuff, like that type of stuff is really political and it gets to other things that are related to real world, but their application in here and the way that it's approached, it's not harped on too much, but it's at least part of the story where it makes sense, where it's like, it's not like, you know, it's not the whole, but it's like an accent on everything else. And I thought that was really good. No, I, I can agree with that. And that's not even really something that I thought of. But it, it is it is technically real world uh, political, but it's not like it's not like they kind of beat you over the head and said, this is how you should feel about it's not like what it's... Andor was doing, where Andor was lingering on these like things and they weren't even being clear about it, where it's like, OK, like they again, you want to be high minds. Like, I feel like if you want to be high mind with political stuff or at least, you know, inject political things that are themes or topics in relation to all this stuff, that's the way to do it with that episode, with those two episodes of The Bad Batch. I think that was perfect in the way yeah. they did it. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, we're, we're going to have... Now, are we going to have the two episodes coming up that finish it? Is that this week or is... Or... Uh, I don't know. I know. I can't remember how many episodes there are. I know there's another double episode thing coming up soon because they had this one. That was the clone conspiracy. That was the, the first big one, right? There's two. I think it is. Yeah, I'm going to actually bring up, I'm going to bring it up right now. Because I know they have the full back. schedule that they put out there. They, they, they're they getting into the habit of putting the full schedule and revealing the episode titles, which I don't know how I feel about that because again, 
it gets you speculating and stuff, but it also maybe has potential spoilers, you know, as you're mm-hmm. watching the season. But still, like at least you know we know that we're getting a good amount of episodes of that show. Okay, this this week we have one episode, and then after that it's the double finale. Okay, so next week is going to be the big double episode. So yeah, that means if we if we get another filler episode this week, then you know next week's stuff is going down. Yeah, I mean this episode. I mean, as you're saying with episode titles, this episode's called Tipping Point. So oh, so then something has to go down. Like at this yeah. point, like you can't have an episode called Tipping Point and it be a filler like boring episode. Yeah, yeah, uh, Tipping Point. Which like uh, now you're saying with the them giving the you the names, it's like I'm gonna speculate now. I wonder Tipping Point. Like I'm thinking if uh, what happened uh, in Crosshair's la- last episode, maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. it's his. Maybe it's his tipping point with the Empire. Maybe he's. I, I could go totally see that. I also keep in mind we are going to get more of that Delta Squad stuff because we did see Scorch briefly. I think already this season. Not, yeah, they're, not, they're badass, not during man. that. Not during that section where uh, what is it? Where that clone, that random clone uh, commando got eaten or got killed by the the the, the lizard thing or whatever. Yeah, we're like. I know we're going to see Scorch again. So I'm really hoping that they're going to pull the trigger and actually put in Delta Squad to go against the Bad Batch. A lot of people have been asking for that for a while. And that would be so awesome. Yeah. I, oh, I really loved I really loved the um the clone who was in charge at the planet in the crosshair episode, you know, where where they yeah. had to where they had to freaking bust their asses just to yeah, save the stormtrooper armor. Like he was like treating them like expendable. And it's like, you could understand, you could sympathize where Crosshair is coming from at the end of that episode where he blasted him. Like yeah. that, that was, you, you knew, you knew Dude why he did smoked. it. And you were like, he yes, deserved it. yes, he deserved it. And what sucks is that he's going to be punished for that. Like we know he's being punished for it. Technically he's being used as a Guinea pig from what, yeah. at least the end of that episode, what it looks like, but still like I, I'm intrigued by it because I, I know that now I think we're at the mid part of the season, I think. Mm-hmm. But whatever it's going to be now, whatever's coming for a tipping point or the one afterwards, it's hopefully going to be some big stuff. Now that we already got the filler out the way. Yeah. And the Bad Batch is going to be like, yeah, we can't retire because we got to go another couple seasons to do. You know, you can retire when the show is over. You yeah, know, right? you, you, yeah, not on your vacation. Oh, I, don't think, I don't think they're getting a happy ending. I think the Bad Batch by the end of the series, I think they're going to have a bad ending where it's like not bad, but like they go out in a blaze of glory. Like, because we don't see, we're not obviously going to see them in future projects like i think mm-hmm. that at some point they're either going to cross paths with delta squad or they're going to cross paths with vader which would be very interesting if that's the case because we know during the time of the bad badge dark vader is lurking like he's doing things in the galaxy so yep. what is the one thing that they cannot stop when you really think about it in this time frame that the bad badge cannot solve that is like you know the end all be all would probably be something involving vader because yeah. i don't think i don't I think now now we've already seen emperor palpatine you know he's already kind of did his thing and now they kind of doomed the rest of the clone army you know yeah. at this point in the timeline so it's gonna and be have they, have they even mentioned echo in the last couple episodes like what he's doing uh basically he's with like, rex right yeah. yeah but like i don't know i kind of like i i want that to well, there, there's been the rumors that that's what's the start of what Echo Base is going to be, is that he he went off and, and created that. That I seems know. cheesy. Like, <laughs> that seems like a reach. If they do something like that or allude to that, it's very cheesy. Yeah. Like, but I mean, but you can see it technically. Maybe he's in like, this upcoming two-parter. Stuff. Maybe in this upcoming two-parter, we actually get to see him. Because I think we're going to see Rex again. I think we're going to see Commander Cody again, more than yeah. likely. You know, I think we're going to see all these people again at some point. And I think we're also going to see other characters because remember, we've seen Bail Organa 
you know, with that, that two-parter with the, the whole political thing, you know, mm-hmm. when Palpatine showed up, we got to see him. We got to see uh, uh, all those. We haven't seen Mook Tarkin yet. That's a, that's another one we haven't really seen this yep. season. So that, yeah, that I mean, there's, thing. there's, there's lingering pieces out there for these last three episodes that <clears throat> can really do something. <laughs> and you know, what's funny. And I think it's telling too, is uh, we've been doing a, uh, like a March madness, like poll on um, Twitter where we've been, mm. you know, doing the bracket of all star Wars characters and everything. And uh, Captain Rex just beat Grogu this uh, yesterday. <laughs> yeah. right. So, so voting wise, all voting wise, the fans voted for Rex over Grogu, which like it's I'm, a small I'm portion. Say Grogu let him win. There's no way. Gro- Grogu is well, the look how cute he is. Star That's, Wars right look, now. At, look at him on your shirt, man. Look at him. He's great. exactly like. <laughs> I'm not even a giant Grogu fan, but let's be real here. This right here is why Star Wars exists at the moment. Like, yeah. This is the main yeah, that, reason why the Mandalorian was hot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, literally, and that's why, and that's why it's bringing in other people outside of the Star Wars fandom because they mm-hmm. see that little guy and they want to, they want to jump in on it. So yeah, big time. So big yeah, time. I, I think I pretty much hit all the, uh, all, all the things we got. I mean, do you got any points that you wanted to hit uh, tonight? You know, like any other, any topics or anything that we maybe. The, the only missed? other thing I could think of that we lightly talked about and i don't think we even talked about it in depth was the lawsuit for the for the acolyte which is yeah again, now tell recently. me about that tell so, me about what's going on with that I don't, I don't remember all the details but the main point is that someone who was working on the acolyte briefly that got hired up by lucasfilm that they had some sort of deal or, or email agreement which was some sort of agreement for her to come on board for the acolyte and do a certain amount of work while saying no to other projects in Hollywood. Like, I don't remember the exact details. You would have to look it up for the names, but it's basically that she agreed to work with Lucasfilm for a set amount and all these other things said no to this other Apple TV project that just went away and stuff. And now right afterwards, I think it was after like a two weeks or some short time frame, they dropped her from the acolyte. They completely just dropped her. And she's like, wait a second. Like, what the heck? Like I'm not, I'm not even being given a reason and stuff. So she's suing them for wrongful termination, basically, wow. which is not good. And, and, you know, when you have emails and when you have a verbal agreement that costs you another job in Hollywood, that's a big deal. It's a very big deal. Yeah. I mean, that stuff can be life-changing. I mean, it like, is life-changing because look, it, she just lost out on a whole other project and then she just got dropped for no yeah. reason, according to her. Yeah, that's, that's not a good look for the studio. I mean, it's just really just shows you there's dysfunction going on within it. So, I mean, didn't Kennedy say that she's probably done within a year or two? Like, well, after Indiana Jones, after Indiana Jones uh, and the Dial of Destiny comes out, that's her last thing. And then that's when she's going to like phase out. You know, and, I don't know. I don't remember if there was a time frame exactly, but I know our John Campy was the one that came out and said he talked to somebody, said, like, yeah, the decision's already been made. Like that was the headline that was going around for a lot of different places. And I believe that because I think at some point, you know, Disney at some point needs to have the buck stop with them. It's like, okay, what are we doing? Like, are, mm-hmm. are we doing this? Are we not? Are we are we gonna change up stuff? We're gonna stick with what we know. And I think that they've finally decided to change up stuff. And yeah, I think it's for the better, to be honest with you. And I don't have anything ill will against Kathleen Kennedy. You got to understand there's a lot of factors that come into play when you're the head of Lucasfilm, but the Absolutely. buck stops with you. You bear the responsibility when you're steering the ship when it comes with this stuff. And you know, there was a lot of things that a lot of people have finally opened up to criticizing her about her time being the head of Lucasfilm with all the projects that got canceled, all the things that were going on crazy behind the scenes, all the weird public relations stuff with the sequel trilogy and the way that people talked about, you know, Star Wars as a brand, you know, while all this other stuff with Dave Filoni and John Favreau is going on over here. Like it's just, 
been a weird thing, but like when you hear stuff like this, you know, with lawsuits and stuff that actually has merit that has weight behind it and stuff, it, it's not a good look. So it, yeah. it's something that I feel like they need to somehow deal with and come to a compromise in some way so we could get back to you know having the message being about our new Star Wars project coming up. Because let me tell you something: if you see the acolyte at Star Wars Celebration, what do you think is the first thing that's going to come up? Or one of the first things that's going to come up. Yeah, probably the fact that there's a lawsuit going on with it. There's a lawsuit going on and such. And, you know, that kind of sucks. But if they could deal with that and then be able to show us that show in some capacity. This is why I say Star Wars Celebration is so key this year. Because they're making such a big deal about it. Which, you know, on top of that, the idea of them not streaming the panels, which I thought was weird. You know, dumb decision. I I read they're not streaming it at all. I just read nothing is streaming at all. Last year, they streamed everything, and it was awesome. Everybody yeah. was re- – we had that awesome Hayden Christensen moment for, for freaking Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, yeah. this is where the fun begins. Everybody lost their damn minds. Yeah. Like, why would you take that away? Unless, again, like, there's other stuff that they either have some big things planned, which I don't know why you wouldn't stream that and let the world know what you're doing, or two, they really are all over the place, and they just need to kind of, you know – really focus on what they need to get done and really kind of, you know, get things in motion for being solidified so people could feel good about Star Wars. Yeah. When I read that they weren't streaming it to me, uh, number one, I had, my first thought is this, uh, uh, that's absolute BS. Number that's one. That's a horrible that I, I didn't believe it at first. I'm like, there's no way because last year they streamed it. Why would they not? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, that's a horrible decision as a company because you have a worldwide fan base. It's not just United yeah. States. You're, and obviously it's in London, London this year. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> number two, they, their motto, they kept saying last star Wars celebration was star Wars is for everyone. They kept yeah. saying star Wars is for everyone. That's well, guess true. what? It's not, if you're not going to allow, if you can't see us a peak, uh, you know, exactly. And what they did is now, now I even had beef with last celebration just because when they were doing some of the panels in the bigger room. Like I wanted to see some of that stuff too. Like they wouldn't show those, like they would have stuff in the bigger room in front of the crowd. And then they would come out into the room and do the interviews where, which is where Hayden Christensen said, like, this is where well, to wait a second. I'm confused because my understanding was like all those big things that we saw with like Rosario Dawson, Hayden Christensen, Ewan McGregor, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, all the stuff that was the, that was the stream. That was the big stream. I mean, like, I didn't see, I didn't remember now they, that was going on now they did separate q a's in an auditorium where all the cast would be sitting on okay no on that a, makes sense not to stream yeah. that then like that's exclusively for the people that said that makes yeah. sense okay yeah it's like, not like I can they live were just that. not showing anything that that's my point this year they're not showing anything which is weird <laughs> yeah i can live with that but like i also think to myself it's like no matter what you're going to fill the seats in there even if you do stream that stuff um but this year, it's like what bothered me was they were live tweeting from the Star Wars account everything that was being said in those rooms when you couldn't see it. So I'm just like, all right, like this kind of sucks. I think that's a social gonna... media play then because yeah. again, you get to gets them to follow Star Wars or at Star Wars on social media. It gets you into the event, you know, as an exclusive thing, which again, you could argue there's been a lot of weird stuff with, with the social media stuff. I, like I've even noticed it even because recently they just got on TikTok. Which yeah, I know. You go that. through looking some stuff, you know, where if you know where to look, it looks a little weird, a little questionable. Absolutely. But it's like we'll we'll see what's up with that. But the main thing is, is that um, with this Star Wars celebration, I really believe that they should just stream it. They should just do like what they did last year. It'd be perfect. Yeah. It'd be fine. There could be also some logistical reasons why not to, but you got to be clear about that. I feel like with this fan base, you got to tell everybody because right now it just sounds like and it looks like they just don't want to stream it and they're not giving a reason. Yeah. Yeah, that's what do you get from that? Like, 
Yeah. The only thing I could think is it's just like, ah, well, it cost us, it cost us probably like, you know, 300,000 or whatever. I, I have no clue what amount it would cost to They can afford it. They, they can yeah. afford it. You don't even need that type of money. You just put a computer, a good yes. like razor or alienware, get yourself a camera or the Absolutely. DSLR they had. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if it's just a corner camera with a mic in the room, just to make you feel just like the same you can be had in. last year. Do the exact same thing. I, yeah. That I don't understand why that's t- difficult to do. Yeah, it doesn't even necessarily need to be like a hosted production show to me. <laughs> just have like almost like the way you can look in on like webcams at certain locations, just see what's going on. Just have it so like people can pop in because I'm I can't go to Europe right now, you know, and a large yeah. majority of Star Wars fans can't. And I'm really excited for the people who can. Like I'm not trying that's to. Awesome. I'm not trying to crap on their parade. Like I'm very excited. Like um, Jess who hosts our podcast, uh, Duchess of dark saber light. Sometimes she is going and I'm really excited because nice. like, you know, she'll be able to, she'll, she'll probably um, let us know some stuff going on and she can do a, a, one of her weeks where she hosts here and talks about her experience there, which I can't wait to hear that. I'm really excited Ooh. for her that she's going to it. But uh, I do wish that fans at home could experience it. And we're just going to have to, we're just gonna have to sit there on Twitter and just, just cover and just it say. as it comes out because the trades are gonna write about the stuff. They're gonna share things and whatnot. But again, I, I think that it's detrimental to not at least have that stream going exactly like last year. That's all you need to do. And I feel like they could get a W with that, especially if they announce something big. Because a lot of people have said that they're gonna announce some big stuff. But it's like, if you're gonna announce some big stuff or if you got something to talk about, why wouldn't you have that available? And again, yeah. we don't know. We as you know, as far as going into star wars celebrations concerned we'll know as soon as like the day that it happens or days i should say because it's like two three days right mm-hmm. star wars celebration something like that yeah i think it might be three days yeah yeah so uh, there, and as you said social media hype wise man they've been posting the crap out of, of celebration yeah. like the hype train is there so yeah they post a lot like on twitter i see a lot of stuff and on instagram yeah yeah which is interesting because i'm listening to uh the audiobook of uh anthony daniels imc3po which is damn damn good because it's like if you want an interesting perspective on star wars he's a man who's been in every everything era of star wars <laughs> yeah so he's, hearing he was there yeah <laughs> literally hearing his experience <clears throat> hearing his behind the scenes experiences and everything which like there was a chapter where he talked about the first ever star wars celebration which was like them setting up tents and like that's all this first comic-con stuff. is like that's the yeah. exact same story as the first comic-con yeah. And it was like, it, it was really cool to hear that. And I think to myself, I'd love to go to it at one point. I mean, if it's in the States <coughs> next year, which I heard there's a rumor, there's not going to be a Star Wars celebration next not year. Not next year. It's, it's going to be the year after. I think it is. Which like, like that because it's going to go by with, again, that that's a product of them not having anything really to talk about or doing stuff. And then the next year having stuff to show or whatnot, but we'll know hopefully yeah. as this show comes up. Yeah. And I also wonder if they have a succession plan for, Kathleen Kennedy with all of this too. Like, oh, they're gonna I mean, have to when she's going. That that all of it gets figured out. Well, they'll know way in advance before we know. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I would love to think like uh, of of Favreau or Filoni having larger roles when it comes to Star Wars as a whole because I think those guys feel it and they understand it. Uh, that those forty six minutes of the last episode put aside, but mm-hmm. uh, but they're also not like studio leaders like i don't know favreau i think has enough experience in hollywood it's just a matter of if he wants to do it i don't know if he's working on any other projects right now outside of it but i mean that dude's done a ton of stuff outside of star i know there was reports at one point that that was a job that a lot of people weren't willing to take 
for yeah. many reasons. I don't think that's a lot of it is true, but like there's probably some truth littered in there somewhere, you know, before we know, but we'll know. We'll know what's up. I, I don't think that they announced that or talk about that this Star Wars celebration. I don't think you talk about that at all, especially with some of these last few projects that are under Kathleen's, uh, you know, watch or uh, Kathleen's release schedule. I don't think that's appropriate. And, and also you got to keep in mind, I feel like they're not going to just like let her go out without celebrating her time there. You know what I mean? Kind of like, you know, celebrating her ending of this time frame. So, yeah. as opposed to her just being quote unquote removed or fired or whatever else people yeah. want to see and stuff. I feel like that's not necessarily how it's going to go down. Yeah. You know, she's going to be celebrated as, as things come to an end. Cause like I said, her last project is Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm excited for, man. I've been searching for the merch for that. I've, I've been seeing some people getting some stuff for it. Trailer look good. Trailer look good. Uh, again, I'm avoiding a lot of the leaks and stuff and a lot of the sp- scoops and spoilers that have been lurking around and such. And a lot of it, again, I don't believe it. Cause it just sounds so outrageous. But if I walk into that theater and I see that all come to true, I'm like flipping a popcorn bucket or something like. I, I haven't, I you haven't gotta, you got to go suspect now. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen, I haven't seen any like rumors or leaks, honestly, but like, I'm, I'm wondering what we're going to get. Cause crystal skull is a little weird. You know, crystal skull was horrible. Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> that was bad. an L. <laughs> yeah. I recently... In there. You had all these weird stuff with, with monkeys jumping around. Yeah, this whole thing with aliens is like, what the heck are we doing? They wanted to have fun with CGI in an Indiana Jones movie. Right. Like that. That's that's what I, I recently threw it on because honestly, I saw that in theaters and to me, it was a bit forgettable to me in theaters. And I, I recently threw it on again and I'm just like, yeah, some of this stuff is just too off the charts where it's mm-hmm. like, all right, we're getting a little too bizarre now. Like, obviously, Indiana Jones does some crazy stuff like, you know, and in, in, in the original movies. But uh, you know that that movie got a little weird with with things and the little weird, and yeah, <laughs> got it got a lot crazy. weird. Yeah, so we'll see effect. if they go that. We'll see. We'll see. I really have a feeling they're gonna try to call back to what made it so good. Uh, then again, then again, we sit Raiders. here, and crit- yeah, go we back sit to here Raiders. and criticize go back to good uh, Star Wars stuff. Jones. <laughs> it's crazy. Another interesting point too is me being a Lego fan, Lego collector, technically. Uh, Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones sets are coming out, which there was um controversy about it because um Lego tries to avoid like violence technically, even though Star Wars is they probably did one Indiana of the Indiana Jones biggest... Lego games. Like that's not I know it's nothing new to them. Like yeah, but like but they won't make the Temple of Doom set. They made it. They made a new Temple of Doom set, which looked uh-huh. awesome. Uh-huh. And and now the waves are releasing. We have um we have a set from uh, Indiana Jones uh, when he's with his dad in the car with the plane where so the plane loses his wings. Last Crusade. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have, oh my gosh, there's there's a one full big diorama from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark with the with the um, ball scene and everything. Okay. So Beautiful diorama. But um, apparently for Temple of Doom, they're saying like the scene is technically like too violent because it's like the room where they're what? like sacrificing the guys, I guess. Well, couldn't they do the bridge, like like the just the the whole bridge scene? That that's like that's a big thing in Indiana Jones. The, or the, the beginning. Most, <laughs> the most interesting rumor that I saw is um I I can't think what's his name the guy who just won the um, short round the guy who played short yep. round the guy who played short round yeah. his minifigure is in the Temple of Doom set yeah and they think that his agent was like we need more money because he he just as far as his status goes he just jumped yeah well, you know? he just won the oscar like yeah 
I don't, I don't think that gets figured out like that though. There's gotta be another reason like that. That sounds a little weird because that type of stuff gets figured out way before, before. this. So way before he won the Oscar. Yeah. I like, didn't believe that actually. Yeah. That doesn't make that any exact sense reasoning. Yeah. yeah. Like you can't say after a deal is made where you're just like, we want like, now you're going to change now. the deal. You're not going to alter the deal, son. Yeah. Like, come on. Like that, that's the, that those are when rumors are a little ridiculous. Like, cause it's unrealistic. I could, I could totally believe though, if they were worried about the scene being too violent when it comes to changing the type of scene or changing the content of it, yeah, because I'm pretty sure short round room. indie, you know, Marion, any of these other characters are going to be involved with it. You yep. know, like that. But uh, if that's the case, I'd say if they had to do the set, do the bridge scene. If not, do the the minecarts, whatnot, or because the minecarts sounds like it could be like the the easiest, more most popular one to do, or do the beginning when Indy's in the white suit, in the very beginning yeah. of the movie, like that. Yeah, like, and like the, the and ideas like the, uh, they can work with. Absolutely, and the bridge scene actually is genius that you brought that up because I'm picturing yeah. that now in Lego, and that would be freaking awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's some a little big gators scene. down like, at the everybody bottom. thinks everybody thinks of the minecarts from Temple of Doom, like because it's such a famous thing about it. even the Indiana to Indiana Jones uh, games reference that. But yep. still, like if you're gonna do something in Lego and you need a new set, like you have options. Absolutely. Which like, and and one final point to like hit on too. Uh, I actually watched the Academy Awards this year. Yeah, me too. I, which, I like, like the Academy Awards. They're yeah, I, I don't know. Like sometimes I've tuned them out, but it's like, to me, I, I feel like, like you're you're hitting theaters on on opening days right now like i yeah. always see that and i kind of get hyped about that because it makes me excited for movies like i love to go to the movies. i love going to the movies that, that's yeah. my big one of my biggest things as, as a kid my, my first movie i ever saw as a young young kid was batman returns in theaters like because i was i was such a big fan of batman 89 because of the vhs i had because batman 89 came out a year after i was born i was born in 88 okay and I loved ever. I love Batman ever since. So seeing Batman in the theater solidified my love for going to movies because I got the poster, went to McDonald's and got the Happy Meals afterwards. It was an experience. So I love going to the theaters as an experience, like getting the concession stand, hitting a drink or whatever, getting whatever rep merch or stuff, you know, for whatever movies. When I went to go see the Batman in theaters last year, I ended up getting the big popcorn bucket for the cow. Like that and the comic and the drinks, like it was a whole thing for me. So dude, that thing is sick too. Yeah. If you ever seen, if anybody's listening now or watching this, if you ever seen the pictures of it, like it looks dope. It's a cool cow that's a popcorn bucket, you know, that they did it for Ant-Man recently too for his helmet. But the main thing is is that going to the movies and going to the theater specifically is a real experience for me. So that's why I love going to see them as often as I can. And then watching the Academy Awards now, a lot of people dunk on the Academy Awards for one reason or another, and I get it. The last couple of years have been a little weird and cringe, but this year was dope. Like this year I was agree. a good year. Yeah. People won or places and movies won. Like a lot, there were some disappointments for some people, but I, you know, a lot of it is reaching. A lot of it is like pulling at strings for other stuff. Like the biggest one was Angela Bassett not winning for best supporting actress because it went to Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, mm-hmm. for everything, everywhere, all at once that swept the entire, you know, Absolutely. the entire night for the yeah. most part. And there's other things to discuss about it that's part of other conversations, and I get it. But as a show, I felt this year, despite in the wake of being of the slap, you know, and all these other things, you know, that was working against it, it was still a good year. I yeah. felt it was fun. People, people got to be okay with others enjoying the idea of being a celebrity, the idea of Hollywood, especially mm-hmm. new school Hollywood referencing old school Hollywood. Like we got we to gotta get away from this whole mindset of looking for a problem with every little thing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and like like you said other shows being cringe it's part of the reason why i kind of tuned out to it because it's like i just want to enjoy 
people getting awarded for good movies, good work, and oh, just like, celebrating you know, movies. Like yeah, yo, celebrating everything, movies everywhere as a whole. all at once was dope. We got a celebration for Avatar, all quiet on the Western Front. You yeah. know, the whale, Brandon Fraser for getting that uh, Oscar for the whale. That's a feel good story. Absolutely. Like that man went through hell yeah. for years. And then now he's walking away with an Academy Award. Yeah. And that's why I think it was good was because there, I, I feel like movies are like, I don't know, I, obviously COVID had a lot to do with stuff. And I felt like movies and movie theaters like got a pretty shitty deal when all of that started happening and i feel like they're making a comeback kind of right now which mm. i i like because i like going to the theater the, the way you do too it's like to me that experience <clears throat> will always just be great for me even even if you see a bad movie it's not like you know it might not be the best but you got to go to the theater you got to get the popcorn you got to get even if it's expensive like yeah. the theaters are expensive they're sometimes way too expensive for what they are especially with the concession stands and stuff but the experience is fun. Like when yeah. you when you're going to go see a Star Wars movie, that I, I've even told you and I told other people the best time I ever had, or one of the best times I ever had in a movie theater was going to see The Force Awakens. That I got to see that with the 501st down here in a theater in IMAX and watching yeah. that with droids in my, you know, the aisles. So it doesn't get any better than that. Or for me, opening night to go see Endgame. That and, and after that, I saw that movie like seven times in theaters afterwards over time. But like yeah. that first night, like there's a there's a thing in the air about yeah. it, like that you're going to go see this movie. And I get the same thing now, you know, going to go see John Wick 4 because there's so much good, like, you know, buzz about that with John Wick. And that, that's an awesome series. It's like, it's fun to me. I think it, like going to the movies and experiencing the theater is a fun overall good time. And absolutely, you know, I feel like more people need to just be accepting of that, you know, just mm -hmm. to not see so much fault, you know, or always, I shouldn't say not always, but like always looking for the fault of like Hollywood and stuff in, in light of all these other things that have happened. Yes, exactly. If you can, if you can, like, if there's things that bother you, if you can just block it from your mind, go to the movies, get your popcorn, sit in the seat and just escape have reality. Fun. Yeah. Have fun. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm all in on that. We, we don't it, need to hear about the controversies of Hollywood all the time. Like it's, absolutely. A, it's okay to relax. Yeah. Chill. Yeah, I, I mean, dude, I remember the freaking Harry Potter release nights. Those don't, were don't even get me started with Harry those Potter. were wild. Oh my dude. god! Like between Hogwarts Legacy and everything else, it's like it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, all right, man. I feel like we hit on. I feel like we hit on a lot of great stuff tonight. I mean, we covered mm -hmm. the board. I mean, we we hit pretty much a ton of stuff. So they got a bunch episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everybody got a little, uh, everybody got a little bit of everything. A little DC, a little Marvel, a little Disney, a little Star Wars little hollywood in general you know behind the scenes stuff so mm -hmm. we hit it all man so why don't you tell everybody uh where they can find you on everything i know you got your link tree set up now too yeah with finally in it too so why don't you tell everybody you know where they can find you on everything uh for for all your reviews and everything you do yeah, sure. So if you guys want to check out any of my content daily or weekly, I'm on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Jake James Lugo. You just search for Jake James Lugo in the search bar on YouTube. I upload literally every single week, highly edited, highly produced video reviews of all types of games, especially Star Wars games. If you're big into Star Wars games, I have a whole playlist. I'm probably one of the few content creators that covers the most Star Wars games, that, like actual reviews on YouTube, because I know there's a lot of other content creators that cover Star Wars games. They play them into all this stuff but like you go look at my playlist and look at the types of games i reviewed and how many i reviewed i'm pretty sure you'll get a kick out of it so go check that out 
uh, as well as also other game reviews that I have on there. New releases, retro games. I did Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, I did Knights of the Old Republic. I've done Dragon Ball Z games, like some of the RPGs recently on Game Boy Advance. This week, uh, probably in the next day or so, I'm going to fully record it and shoot it. Uh, my review of Jade Empire from the original Xbox. If anybody's a big Bioware RPG fan, you got a lot to look forward to with that. I got a lot to say with that game. Uh, outside of that, you can find me also on Twitter at Jake James Lugo, always on there every single day, tweeting about stuff, sharing some of my work, uh, some of the things that I make on videos, podcasts, writing, all types of stuff is on there. I'm on TikTok at Jake James Lugo, daily uploads, multiple daily uploads about games, about Star Wars. Even today, when the Jedi Survivor trailer uh, dropped, I gave a reaction that I also talked about whole bunch of other stuff in relation to that. I did a little mini review of talking about Star Fox games, talking about uh, Kingdom Hearts, talking about a whole bunch of stuff that's on my TikTok every single day, at least two to three uploads per day that you got there to check out. Uh, I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash Jake James Lugo. New exclusive content every single week, uh, new podcast exclusives, new exclusive videos, uh, early access to videos on YouTube. It's just for a dollar. Literally, you get all that content. It's a ridiculous amount of content. I highly suggest and I highly encourage you guys to go check it out. I'm trying to get more people to go check out the Patreon because I don't think a lot of people have seen it and realize how much content that's on there. So definitely check that out if you can. All this stuff, like I said before, is uh, was it connected together on my uh, link tree. So if you go to my link tree, it's on my any one of my profiles. They're all over all over the place. So they're all connected. So you can just click on there. It has all the links that you can want to see. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, Patreon, uh, Discord. I'm also on Discord. I have a whole Discord server. Everybody could go, just go hang on. It's free which to join, great. which is awesome. We talk Star Wars. We talk games, talk anime. There's a whole bunch of stuff in there. I'm trying to get people to talk in there more too. So if you're looking for more communities to join, more stuff to check out, go check out all that stuff. There's a lot. I know it's a mouthful, but still, hopefully you guys check it out and hopefully you guys enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're a busy man and I, I enjoy all the content. I appreciate you putting that content out. I'm always making sure, even if I'm on TV, I'm always making sure I give it the little thumbs up on the Thank TV you. because people people don't realize what a thumbs up will do for videos, man. Well, That's why people, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it will make so. your day. Yeah, it helps, it, it helps out everything too. So, I mean, I always love doing these episodes. I mean, me and you, I think we've done probably, I think this is our sixth time, honestly. Sixth it might time. be our fifth or sixth time we've we've done these and I'm, I don't know. It's just, it's just a natural hangout, man. We just, we just chat it up. We just talk about everything from top to bottom and that's nice. why it's fun. It's fun. And yeah, exactly. So um, for us for, on World of Galaxy, we'll be doing a, another episode this week on it'll we'll be recording thursday night release friday uh doing doing some mando talk i'm not totally sure who our guest is i could look at my email right now and i i don't i don't know actually because i don't have my it's email up joe knows that yeah we'll make it a surprise <laughs> um as we've said before we're going to be at the i triple c con in nashville so nice. if you guys haven't checked that out definitely they just check announced out. hayden for that recently i thought they they're doing um <clears throat> They're doing the whole, I think it's fairly obvious, the whole Rebels uh, crew. Yeah. The, all the actors and stuff. I don't know if Hayden's going or not. Yeah, I saw a thing that I, I somebody was talking about. There's a bunch of people that are going yeah. to that. Ian that, McDiarmid's going to it and and all the Rebels crew and like, you know, there's other, they, they, they cover like the whole board. They go crazy with that convention yeah. and i didn't get to go to it last year i'm finally i'm finally flying out to nashville this year and going to this convention we're gonna have a little podcast booth there and everything we're gonna have some merch which also 
I need to send you out a t-shirt. I have a bunch yeah, of rule the galaxy t-shirts. I got, cool. I got someone out to you. So, so lurking well, around with a rule the galaxy t-shirt. Yeah. Like, rule the galaxy. What's this guy? Yeah. Problem. yeah. <laughs> I'll get that info from you after this, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you guys know where to find us. Rule the galaxy podcast. We're everywhere. We're on Twitter. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're on all, all the things you can find us all major podcast platforms. So we appreciate you guys subscribing to us and, Till next time, from me, from Jake James Lugo, may the force be with you. Laters.